Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, which means I'm Ken Napsok. And I am Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here on the deck, the poop deck of our spaceship. <laughs> I don't know why they don't use that term as much in Star Wars here. The <laughs> superstars throw over a fleet as used to say. Real fun to imagine those stiff British officers saying... <laughs> Vader. Vader to the poop deck. Get on the poop deck. Um, <laughs> we're here. We're here. And you know, last week... We, we don't need that scum on the poop <laughs> deck. The poop. Yeah, Piet, that's the moment. <laughs> Piet could have said that. Uh, we were here to talk. Last week we had a great time. Jennifer Landa popping back up on the show. Uh, we got a baby crying in the background that was yeah. adorable. 
and uh, you know, Force Center fans, we we uh, are excited as you uh, to have her uh, back on, and, and that time will come. But thank you for uh, just being wonderfully receptive and understanding of the of the phone call, uh, and how great it was to have Jennifer and her take uh, on the show. It's important to us there, so we're looking forward, Joseph, to her return. Yeah, absolutely, and everybody was delighted to hear the uh, the premiere of Jennifer's <laughs> Child on a podcast. <laughs> Uh, great time uh, with that. This week, looking ahead, we're going to do Kylo versus Snoke. That's right. We couldn't avoid this topic uh, as we dive into it a little bit later here on the show of this Snoke comic comes out and gets the Star Wars versus Flutter. Yeah. Videos, think pieces, a lot of stuff. <laughs> what does it mean? What does each panel mean? Yeah, it's really great. We're uh, we're starved for Snoke in general uh, sequel trilogy era content so yeah. this was a little bit of water in the uh, sequel trilogy desert just a drop we're going to talk about that in a bit but before we do that we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player uh, a little bit later, we'll have our four that recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Uh, we, I, I just had one of the most busiest weeks uh, in recent memory, and nice. it sounds like you might have, too. I have been busy, um, yeah. So do we have any Star Wars adventures during uh, our times? The only actual Star Wars adventure I had is I saw it was National Video Game Day, and I was like, all right, I will irresponsibly make time to play <laughs> Battlefront a little bit. Uh, and I, people who, who play it actively know this, but they've done another update to Heroes versus Villains. Okay, and yeah, it, yeah. Apparently it's a snark patch uh, because the <laughs> droid that used to just announce the right. uh, the battles right. has now got little quips for every kill. And That's they, cool. You know, they get pretty... They're they're definitely like a little bit of the it's it's the droid, but it feels like the droid is maybe getting the material from Foden B. It's like <laughs> it's very meta of like you you defeat someone as Obi Wan, like Obi Wan Kenobi has handed out the death sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so it is entertaining, but also pushing toward yeah. the meta. Uh, yeah, I, I got to get on that. I, I I haven't played in a in a while, and I'm getting my my Twitch stream stuffs getting ready to get back up, uh, post move and everything. But I've been seeing I've been seeing the, my automatic downloads of updated files. Oh, nice! That I'm excited. Nice, nice. So, uh, the only other actual yeah. like fun like I'm busy with lots of things, friend mm -hmm. in town, all sorts of stuff. But uh, it's super stupid, just life adventure. Mm -hmm. My wife and I went to uh, Bob's Big Boy uh, in oh, Burbank yeah. for the first time. Yeah. Uh, took a dumb photo of a root beer float uh, with like Dracula hands and yeah. put it on Instagram. Uh, and then they contacted me and said, you, you won this week. <laughs> you get a $50 gift certificate to Bob's Big Boy. Ooh. So kids, this is my beginning as an influencer. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have influenced. You have influenced. Bob's is great. That's one of uh, the last in the world, I believe. It's, it's, it's. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's I, the I, I first in the world, and there aren't many it's in the rest very, of the country anymore, right? Yeah, very, very rare. They got a great car show over there on Friday nights. I'll pop over every now and then. But uh, your picture was inspiring, and now it was <laughs> valuable. Valuable, man. This is this is my new gig in life of just, I'm going to go to restaurants, take pictures, and see if they'll give me free food, and then I can just quit working. Yeah. Retire. There you go. Retire on Bob's Big Boy Burgers. When those flowers bloom uh, two hours away in the hills, we'll see Joseph out there with Dracula hands. Yeah, I can get out there. I can get out there and kill the flowers by trying to take a picture of them with a thousand other influencers. Yeah. It's fun times. Get in line. You, ha you did have a really big uh, week. Yeah. So Star Wars Adventure, any other notable adventure? Did you uh, do any influencing? I, uh, you know, it's funny. I got a... Uh, 
an old email address. I got a, a, a email from a shaving company oh. that was like, would you like to be an influencer for us? And oh, I'm like, nice. oh, but it's an old email address, which means it's not personalized at all. Like they're okay. not like, hi, Cat, and we stuff. They're like, we love your content. And love was capitalized. I'm like, you don't even know my content because <laughs> this email address is attached to like a fantasy baseball website. Like, yeah. what is this? Um, so uh, I don't think I'll be influencing because I'd rather influence Pop's Big Boy. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> easy. Go take a photo. No, but it's a fun week. I did uh, return to the comedy store as a performer nice. for, for the first time since 2005. And had a great time, very friendly crowd. And, you know, you're, you're a performer, you're a comic, Joseph. You know where you're like, yeah, I had a great set. But I do know too many people that already knew me, so I don't count it. <laughs> well, and Mark, uh, Mark Ellis, because yeah. it was his, his show, Ellis right? Friends, yeah. You've been doing, doing shows with Mark. And, uh, yeah, yeah he, and he draws a really good crowd who are, uh, even if they don't know you, who are open because yes. you know you get some comedy audiences that are crossed arms that are like mm-hmm. I'm starting from the point that I assume you're awful yeah. and you have to prove to me you're not awful and then you get audiences that are like hey I really want this to be great I'm totally open this to this to be great I want every friend of Mark yeah. Ellis to be amazing. amazing and I know the vast majority of them know you yeah but even you know I, when I've done shows with Mark and and not yeah. as many people have known me maybe kind of half and half because yeah. they know me from Schmodown. It's just such a great open warm crowd. energy, and it's it's great because you can experiment more, and you can yeah. feed off the energy, and you can dance with the crowd instead of just having it be like a nice. You waltz. don't want to laugh, but I'm going to make you <laughs> have it be all confrontational. It's almost like an improv sketch crowd, which is usually more. Hey, we're here to support the work you're doing. Yeah, we want to have fun. You know, it work out best for us. Yeah, stand up. We did stand up crowds <laughs> are at least forty percent of like I could be up there. Yeah. Um, no, it was a great time, and it ki- it, it killed. You know, we're talking about Kylo Ren today, and it was a little bit of not let the past die, but go and face it. I yeah. did not enjoy a lot of my time at the comedy store when I was there uh, doing bringer shows and stuff and all that. grinding. Yeah, the 2003, 2004, 5 range, and I had a bad taste in my mouth from there and, and let it build up. Anger, resentment, yeah. and fear. I had a, I had a fear of going back on the stage there, and and uh, this was a great time, and yeah. and I felt, uh, you know, it was a lesson. It was a valuable lesson. Awesome, that's it was great. A good week. It was a good week, among the other things. There are no direct Star Wars, other than uh, our friend First Rate Nate is yes. added to our collection. Uh, Elon Sleesbagano, so great. Ooh, that is such a great figure with the Dealy Doppers. Yeah, yeah, he got the he's got the death sticks and the five o'clock shadow mm-hmm. and uh, booze. And a bar and a blaster. What could go yeah. wrong? And this uh, <laughs> this is a, a gift sent to our, our uh, snail mail location, which you can get from our website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. And uh, First Rate Nate has been building this collection that is going to be, the custody uh, is uh, in the care of House Scrimshaw. Yeah. And we, we are, I am hoping, I'm not putting pressure <laughs> on you both, uh, uh, of making a tableau around your drink cart. <laughs> yeah, I, I got some building to do to put the bar together. Yeah, huge thanks to First Rate Nate. These figures are Awesome, and I have always wanted them uh, yeah. to be gracing our lives, Ken. So uh, I'm happy that they are finally good. with us. They're very good. Um, so that's uh, what we've got going on this week. And uh, like I said, we're going to dive into the big topic in a bit. But we got some news. And look, it's been kind of a slow time, uh, which is expected. But I think the, the storms are coming, Annie, oh, yeah. in the distance. And we're still going back to Entertainment Weekly for this one. Uh, they've just been these James Hibbard-led articles kind of um, popping up and, and having some fun little morsels to dig into as you get ready for The Mandalorian. Uh, and the, the headline was kind of uh, Favreau talks about Thrawn and Mara Jade and possibly showing up with The Mandalorian. I'm not accusing Entertainment Weekly of any clickbait. I, I think they're a reputable organization, but 
even with the first order one, and now this one, uh, Mar Jade and the Man- Mando is is really not going to happen, and it's not part of what was talked about. <laughs> but it was the headline. It was the headline. So this is uh, what Johnny Favs, as we uh, love calling him here, uh, John Favreau, says, I, I don't want to talk about anything that might be fun for people to discover. We do have conversations. Part of what's fun to see if we could merge the worlds of the original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels, the Clone Wars, and what's been considered canon up to this point, and what's been considered part of Legends. I think this show offers an opportunity to bring in all of those elements, so no matter what your flavor of Star Wars ice cream you like, there will be something to enjoy, but you're asking the right questions, he was saying to the reporter. <laughs> so that made me think, no Mara Jade, but there might be... Some other things, and we hear uh, we need things connected, connected, lore, lore, references, Joseph. uh, When you hear this, uh, do you think this show's going to just have those connections around every corner? What are you expecting now? I'm really feeling the vibe between this interview and what we talked about last week, that part of Filoni's involvement is Filoni really setting up future Filoni-led projects and kind of building out that corner of the Star Wars creative galaxy. So I do think we're going to see some big connections, and I kind of think that there is going to be more Mandalorian culture Mm -hmm. than we've seen so far in the trailers, you know, that it, that makes sense for me with with Filoni's involvement in talking about, you know, even, you know, just straight up uh, shouting out the Clone Wars animated series Mm -hmm. in particular. Yeah. That yeah, that makes me feel like we're gonna get some surprises there. Absolutely, because uh, we we know we, we joke about this um, Filoni verse, similar yeah. to the Claudia Gray verse. <laughs> uh, you coined that phrase, Joseph, but uh, he loves it. He loves uh, he's protective of it, and I think it, it's gonna be the fun. And I just yeah, I I think digging into the Mandalorian culture just makes sense, not just because of the title, but but this character and this world we're in. And I would love that answer of where were the Mandalorians during the, the Galactic Civil War. Right, right. And if we're talking, if he's saying prequels too, that might just be some fun. We're going to run into an old mm-hmm. battle droid or, you know, things yes. that have happened like that. It might be some fun stuff like that. But, man, my ideal, my wish, yeah. my dream would be that we go back to what is the story of Jango Fett in modern mm. canon? Was he ever truly a Mandalorian? Was he a Mandalorian who was kicked out of society and sort of being a Mandalorian isn't just the planet you're born on, but it's adopting the culture. So is it that he was born on Mandalorian, kicked off? Was he not at all from their culture and just truly stole it? Yeah. And what does that do to the culture? How does that, you know, uh, connect to Satine's successful ability to Mm. make it a pacifistic planet? Like getting into those issues in telling them in a forward-moving, action-based way of, like, here's this Mando trying to go through the galaxy, but all of these ghosts from the past are causing problems or conflicts for him, and we get these kind of rich canon answers. That's my ideal. Yeah, I I think you're barking up the right uh, tree there because... You know, Favreau is pre-Vizsla in, in the Clone Wars series, so he he's exposed to it. And even though he might have a lot of these stories uh, with his action figures in his room yeah. growing up, he's exposed to that. He's got Filoni. You know, that's part of Filoni's focus. Sabine Wren, Bo-Katan, all these kind of characters. And where Mandalore is where we last see them in Rebels. Bo- Bo-Katan as the, uh, the Darksaber. She's yeah. in charge. It is not the we're going to go fight every fight we can uh, culture that was during the Clone Wars. Yeah. So it's an interesting point, and I wonder if Mandalorian can find his way back or needs to. That's interesting to me. Um, We have, there's always in my mind a a delicate balance between what I call the checklist connections or the ones with substance and uh, relevance to the time period, which is kind of what we're talking with with the Mandalorian stuff. 
And it's weird because I hear a lot of people want this in Mandalorian. And people are excited. And look, if, if, if a version of Mara Jade shows up, just like a version of Thrawn did show up, I would be excited or, or at least oh, yeah. curious to see what they do with it. But I go to Rogue One or Solo, but Rogue One, Ponda Baba and Dr. Everson show up. And I was like, yeah, that's cute. And then apparently people, you know, a lot of people just don't like that. Yeah. The, the nostalgia strings. Uh, what, what, what's the difference, Joseph? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's like, there's storytelling, right? Because yeah. so if, if Bo-Katan shows up, yeah, that makes perfect sense. If the Darksaber shows up, that, that's canon, that belongs in this. Right. And then I think, you know, I understand that there is a, a part of the community that doesn't want anything that feels like they're being pandered to, right? Right, right. And I, I know some people feel like, oh, Baba and Dr. Everson, yeah, we're being pandered to. And like, remember, remember, mm-hmm. I get that. But to me, it's it's flowing from the creator, right? Mm-hmm. And it, that mm-hmm. wasn't in Rogue One because Bob Iger says, here are the number of nostalgia points you need in Rogue One. <laughs> it's because that creator, right? It's because Gareth yeah. Edwards is like, I always loved them, and now I get to do a Star Wars. Can I put my favorite characters in a Star Wars? It's yeah. coming from such an innocent place. Yes. And I think, I think people who don't like the remember, remember yeah. should brace the hell out of themselves because <laughs> Favreau has clearly decades of pent-up favorite characters, yeah. favorite nods, favorite jokes, right? That yeah. uh, Didn't he already put on the Instagram that the uh, Will Rohood ice, re- uh, ice yeah. cream maker? And he even mentions ice cream So in this <laughs> quote. So I think this is going to yeah. be chock full. Not because anybody at Disney thinks there's a nostalgia quota and Star Wars doesn't work without it, but because yeah. Jon Favreau wants quacking monkey lizards. He yeah. wants Will Rohood's ice cream maker. He wants... A, a different take on I you know I don't don't count Dengar out you know never count out Dengar. don't yeah never count Dengar out so there's that stuff of like this is about yeah. the Mandalorians of course Bo-Katan yeah. might show up with Dark Saber because that's just cool as hell and makes perfect sense and yeah then there's the like uh, human, I mean Wu Hair might show up you yeah. like anything is fair game I think from the Favreau creative perspective God, I mean I'm putting money down on characters like Bo-Katan but I love these connections and. I, I guess I, I'm not fighting because you said it, I, I understand the perspective of, of red leader and gold leader. They just I, I've, I've had those conversations, even though I enjoyed it. But like uh, Finn pulls up the training uh, orb from the Falcon. Yeah. I love that. And and I think it's just like you said, uh, John and Lawrence Kasdan are sitting down writing a, a script. And John Kasdan's like, but what if we put in what if we put in the outfit that, uh, you know, uh, Lando wore yeah. and, and Beckett has it and what? Uh, the, the the headphones, they, the, the production designers put the headphones from the Falcon in because I, I just, I take those as fun nods. Uh, yeah. But I also do want more than that, and I understand that too. And in Mandalorian, I think I, I want a fair balance of, oh, yeah, that, that, that thing. And, oh, Dengar's here for a reason. Right. He's not there to wink at the audience yeah. and make a super meta joke about his action figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm slovenly. Um Final note out of this thing here. This is interesting because uh, so Ming Na Wen was announced uh, to join the cast pretty recently, and then we know production. I mean, they shot last October on most of the production. Doesn't mean you can't go back uh, and and add things in. So a lot of the thought was uh, VO, and I think a lot of the performances might be VO in this show. But Favre says we take full advantage of her acting and action ability. Mm. Do you read? What do you read into that? Let's dig into the gossip. I, I think that he is shutting down exactly what you were yeah. just saying, that fear that everything is going to be voiceover. And because she was just because she was announced recently doesn't yeah. mean that she didn't actually do some actual. She is 
kicking ass uh, mm-hmm. and without a mask on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or a mask that only covers uh, the upper half of her head. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe that's good sense that she's maybe going to be a, another Mandalorian, certainly yeah. a bounty hunter. I didn't thought about that. Yeah. Because they could be good. Look, they could, they could have, uh, total, total guess here. They, 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 they could have started production in season two and thought, well, it wouldn't be great to have her. Let's go drop something in season one while we can. Yeah. While we're shooting or whatever. Um, that'd be cool to me if they were like, this is, we like what we're building here. Let's go back and put the stepping stones to this bridge here. Yeah. I like, I would like that. Yeah. And it could just be one memorable scene. Cause yep. I, I get the sense that this is going to be, have some deep connective tissue, but also just have moments of like, we want a cool action scene. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if it is just like the Mandalorian is trying to get in to a, you know, a secure place. Yeah. And, you know, kind of harking back to 80s movies, to Indiana Jones, even to more modern John Wick of like, here's the badass that the Mando needs to get through to get into that door. And here comes Ming-Na Wen for one amazing <laughs> kick-ass scene. Boss fight. Yeah. That'd be great. Also out there, uh, there's a, a clip going around of Bill Burr on a podcast talking about his day, uh, his episode of shooting. And and it's a really good description and he admits to not knowing if he should talk about it, but it's a really good description of the volume, this thing that okay. they talk about shooting. So that's out there, too, as well. Um, and, he, and he's in the Rick Fuyama uh, directed episode. So a lot of stuff coming because yeah. we are getting closer and closer. I got one more prediction. Uh-oh. I think that there is a possibility of Dash Rendar. Yeah. At least in the background. Yeah. I mean, he's... Sorry. Just wanted to get no, it out there. I mean, there. Jason Fry so kind of uh, uh, dropped him into the canon sphere now. Oh, that's right. That's right, but it just I mean, seems right for like uh, legend surprises. Dash I mean, Rendar is my guess. Of all of them, I'm okay with that. Yeah, this just seems like a Dash Rendar world. I I I, don't, I, I never want to sound like I'm fighting legends. I just <laughs> when it's used as this great barometer of what great Star Wars is, I will fight that. But um, okay, I'll take Dash. <laughs> But see, you have to be open to it. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, our look there. But coming up, uh, we got a couple of stories here. Uh, the Empire Strikes Door is finally here. This is the uh, fun little documentary by our uh, friend, the Force Center friend, Jamie Stangroom over there in Britain. Uh, this is his long gestating documentary about the inf- most infamous gaffe in Star Wars history, the Stormtrooper hitting his head in New Hope and a lot of debate over who it was and no kind of real record of who it was. And there's a great trailer and Jamie's been working on this for a while. Uh, there's a jury of, uh, of folks uh, there. Did we, we contributed a yeah, written answer. I right? have no idea whether we will make it yeah. to the film, but yeah, but uh, we won't say them. Jamie yeah. presented us with his final, the kind of pros and cons for each of the people who alleged to be the stormtrooper. And then we gave some uh, responses in text. Yeah, registered our opinion. Yeah, so so. Uh, that is coming out uh, on uh, September 25th. And I know it's uh, uh, Jamie, he is uh, kind of employment status changed uh, his radio job. But he was like, I'm dumping stuff into the YouTube channel. There were some challenges and getting that going. And uh, I've been sharing some emails with him back and forth. And, and he's really excited to finally kind of put the pressure on himself <laughs> to get, get this out. out. And yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it here. And I'm sure you, you might hear him on the airwaves uh, talking about it here on Force Center. Uh, I, it made me think, though, this Stormtrooper hitting the head. Do you remember, Joseph, the first time you realized it? Yeah, I want to think it was in the late 90s when I was watching the VHSs a yeah. lot, the VHS tapes uh, of it. And I think it was definitely one of those 
I noticed it for a long time before I had anybody to talk about it. And like, mm. it was like, oh my God, that's so, that's so crazy. And then, yeah. you know, started to talk to more people and, you know, sometimes people had seen it, sometimes they hadn't. Yeah. And now it's just like an accepted, like, of course. Well, Lucas kind of leaned into it, right? With the adding the sound effect now. Yeah, yeah. The bonk. And then I remember, uh, this is one of those great Star Wars threads where things change. Yeah. That when they were working on Attack of the Clones, the general understanding was, oh, so if the clones, the clone troopers were clones, then the stormtroopers are still clones. And I think it was basically the effects department who added it when Django gets on Slave 1. After that fight with Obi Wan, he bumps his head. Yeah, and I think it's on. This isn't an yeah. obscure detail. I think it's on behind the scenes videos on the original Attack of Clones DVD. Of they thought it that would be really funny. Of like a little bit of head clumsiness is built into the DNA. <laughs> of course, all that canon has long since changed, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. So it is just the clumsiness of that one particular stormtrooper. It's not genetic. We'll find out who it is. Yeah, I, it's funny you mentioned uh, kind of late nineties. Growing up watching this VHS TV copies, whatever. I yeah, I never, I never saw it. I never, I just never, never registered for something that's glaring. It's only glaring once you see it. Yeah, and then yeah, then you're right. Then it's there forever. So I want to say it was high school, mid '90s for yeah. me. Early '90s is a uh, high school for me that someone pointed out. It's, so it's weird, but it's weird. You're like no. Yeah. You go back and, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want Star Wars, Lucasfilm, whatever, uh, to lean into any of this kind of uh, material? Jamie's doing this on his own. It's independent. Yeah. But could, with Disney Plus, you want you want them to have this kind of fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I Yeah, I would love it. I think, you know, a sense of fun is such a part of Star Wars, and this mm. is a great way to embrace it. Yeah. It'd be, a, it'd be a good, valuable lesson for a lot of fans. <laughs> Here's a silly doc about uh, Ewoks blinking or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you have an idea of what you want them to cover? Uh, the Will Row Hood doc would be fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Kind of tying it all together of like, who was that actor? Exactly how did that ice cream maker choice get made? And I know some of that information is out there, but put the whole yeah. thing in a document, a documentary, uh, uh, yeah. um, documentary yeah <laughs> uh and then go through and follow some of the running of the willrow hoods and getting to the point of absurdity at like this latest mm. star wars celebration where somebody was dressed as the ice cream maker and then had a small <laughs> willrow hood <laughs> that was a good one <laughs> just yeah i love that kind of stuff that's wow are we able to kind of build mm. on one idea that's already weird as a culture and then another and then another <laughs> and then another to a point where somebody can walk down the hall Look. dressed as a giant ice cream maker with a small orange but, you know, <laughs> jumpsuit doll, and everybody goes, I understand why that's funny. That's good, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I can't think of some specific myself uh, that is, I like the idea of, in story docs of, you know, uh, sitting down with uh, Wu Hair and, yeah. <laughs> and oh, talking yeah. about things. Oh, or, my God, yeah. Uh, character docs like that, maybe animated uh, stories or something like that would be fun. I, I just, I would, uh, the point is, this is so fun. I'm looking forward to seeing what Jamie's done. I just, I, I wouldn't wouldn't mind if, if Lucasfilm would do more of this going forward on their I, own. Yeah, it, it, it uh, is dangerous of getting too meta, but I wouldn't mind seeing them produce an in-world holodoc, right? Because in the yeah. novels and the comics and everything, not as much of the movies, they talk about having a steady stream of, of content. Right. right. You know, so seeing... A propaganda film from the uh, the Empire, or seeing once Luke Skywalker is famous across the galaxy, yes. seeing you know somebody trying to do you know retracing the steps of the legend Luke Skywalker. Did he live on Tatooine? You know, yeah, almost yeah. like um, newsreel footage from World War Two or yeah, something. Like, yeah, Luke Skywalker. I was about, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> 
Final story here. Put an X-Wing on your feet. That's right. This comes from uh, uh, the internet. JediNews.co.uk is dropping a lot of stuff like this there. The, uh, an X-Wing shoe is coming from Adidas. That is uh, X-Wing inspired Ultra Boost. The X-Wing is imposed on, on the heel and sole. And there's a, so it's an X-Wing. But then there's a symbol of a, the Jedi Order. Mm. And the words, the Force will be with you always, is on the heel stripe. So we got a, a Jedi X-Wing? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of things. Oh, is it a spoiler? It's a spoiler. I get it's <laughs> a, just a Star Wars shoe there. No release date yet. Uh, you know, I am a, I am not a, a shoe guy. Yeah. I do, I've do. i switched a little bit to the Converse over the years. I know you've been doing that for a long time. Uh, I don't buy red out of respect for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we can be, uh, we can be <laughs> twinsies. I've made we can that, coordinate. Made that decision. Um what kind of Star Wars shoe do you want? And have you gotten any of the other, like, the, was it the Pozo brand? The Vans had some shoes? I haven't, because I'm, I'm not, uh, of all of the things I collect, shoes is not one of them, uh, which, you know, is yeah. I, I only need so many collections. But I had Celebration, there was a, and I don't know if it was Converse made or if it was, you know, off-brand or whatever, a Converse uh, with the Rebel symbol. Mm, yeah. So I would love to get those. Uh, I would love the red like I normally wear with the Jedi symbol. That'd be great. That'd be good. I would buy those because I like things that, uh, like, I, I know that I'm wearing something that I like, but yeah. it's not necessarily screaming at the world. My taste in, in Star Wars collecting in terms of apparel has changed over the years. Oh, yeah. Uh, during the ripped apparel mashup era, I had every, you know, Wampa cereal shirt there was <laughs> and all stuff. And this last move, I purged maybe 30 Star Wars shirts. Right, because you had... A million. Too many. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I made this stupid goal of I will never repeat a shirt on Jedi Alliance. It's been, and I went like 40 episodes before I had to repeat a shirt. <laughs> That's silly. That's silly. But my tastes have gone from, I just, I like the subtle. Yeah. I, I like the, you know, the, oh, oh, I, uh, that looks like a Star Wars shirt versus here's a, you know, a Han Solo wanted poster, which yeah. was a, 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 one of those mystery box shirts. And, and no, no disrespect to collectors and fans of those, but I've stopped that. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. So this shoe is not on necessarily my list, but I looked at it and went, well, that does look cool. Yeah. It's, it's a cool, but I, I, yeah, it's not my style of shoe that I wear, but I do like that it is. It's just kind of the colors and you'd really have to be staring yeah. at the feet to totally get yeah. the X-Wing in that. I wouldn't mind yeah. some Bosque feet. Bosque feet, that's what I was yeah. going to ask you, like uh, some Ewok slippers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could do that. Some B- Bosque feet is good. Bosque feet. But remember the, the Matchbox cars, and some of them are hanging on my wall behind me. Oh, they're me, so weird. And I know you have some too, where they're some of the weirdest, most ugliest Star Wars collectibles ever, <laughs> which is why I have to buy them anytime <laughs> I see them. That Jabba the Hutt one. And that Luke, the old man Luke car, <laughs> some of the weirdest Yeah, stuff. The, the Java van, like you'd see that rolling down in the 70s. <laughs> nope. <laughs> So that's out there. Um, that's our look at the news. That's our look at the news. Big topic coming up here. But first, we want to have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. What do we have, Joseph? Uh, we always look for a book that kind of ties into our main topic. And a book that we really enjoy is Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older. It's got some great content about young Kylo and some great relatable content about Han being worried if he knew how to be a father. And I think that's it's kind of some of the uh, stuff that's implied in the movies. But I think for some people who are searching for like, how, how do we get into the Kylo Han relationship? Mm. It's got some great stuff for that. So if you haven't checked it out, I would say go listen on us. Listen on us indeed and download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. And yeah, check out Last Shot. It's 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 a great, if you want to 
early glance at just the state of the galaxy following the fall. Like, that's got a lot of that two plus yeah. stuff in the past. Yeah, getting to some Mando era mood. Yeah. General window. Speaking of a uh, look at things we have questions about between <laughs> episodes six and seven. Marvel Comics has been doing the Age of series. It's been a very good series. I've enjoyed pretty much everything that's come out. Only a few have not even missed, like I haven't liked as much. All the Jody Hauser stuff early on is, is some of my favorite stuff. And this Age of Resistance uh, series is, is really picking up full steam. The Poe one's really good. Surprise character appearance there. But the one that's getting all the headlines is the Snoke one shot, yeah. which is weird. Because if you took the cover off, I'd be like, this Kylo one shot's really good. <laughs> it really is. It speaks to the ongoing desire to keep Snoke himself yeah. a bit more mysterious. Because we can infer things, but it is it is, uh, it is a little bit Kylo time. Which is yeah. why we're, this is like Kylo versus Snoke. It's, yeah. it's the struggle between the two of them. Mm-hmm. It's the training. That's what this is all about. So we wanted to take a look at that actual Snoke comic. Uh, but... Also, just talk about these characters and their relationship in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as always, uh, we're going to give you our spoiler warning. We're going to talk about the whole comic book. When I say the whole comic book, look, it's meaty. We're going to talk <laughs> about it for a long time and dig into almost every panel. No joke. Not yeah. almost every panel. Almost. But it is a very, to me, modern comic of you yeah. can read this in three minutes. <laughs> just- uh, you can go back and savor it for a lifetime. But yeah. th- this is a fast-moving comic it really i mean case of boy like I, I had to do comicsology for this because i couldn't get over to my shop in time for this week so i hadn't gone to yet and I, I read it but i was like i, I kind of wanted to read it again and, and joseph reminded me of how quick i literally on comicsology on my phone while we're setting up our audio read it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah just so which is not to say there's is a bad, lot there yeah. in terms of ideas this is uh the whole tip of the iceberg star wars storytelling that i like to go on about of yeah there are a ton of interesting ideas and maybe things that are super uh, meaningful in canon we don't know creates this great uh, conversation so so we're gonna have it uh, first we're gonna talk a little bit uh from the kylo perspective mm-hmm. and then we'll talk a little bit from the snoke perspective so yeah. snoke's comic ton of kylo uh so this is a comic that is explicitly reminding us that kylo is afraid that fear is a path to the dark side, and the Jedi always present that as a, a threat. Yeah. And Snoke is presenting that as, that's good. You should be afraid. You should embrace fear because it does lead to mm-hmm. anger and to hate and to the power of the dark side. So embrace fear. It's mm-hmm. good. It's, it's We start with uh, Snoke trying to make Kylo afraid, yeah. and saying, lean into the fear and, and let it give you power. But what I what I thought about is, What is Kylo's fear? Because we know Anakin's fear is losing loved ones. Mm -hmm. And it's a really relatable, big, distinct thing. Anybody can can go like, oh, yeah, I might tap into awful powers if it would save someone I loved. Mm -hmm. But in general, and from reading this comic, what do you think Kylo is ultimately afraid of? Where is that fear coming from? I, I thought all morning about this when I got your your, your show notes, right? I, I was like, what is, because what's my gut answer? Eh, it's fear of fear of uh, his own power. Fear, I, I wonder if it's fear of, of, of his legacy. And mm-hmm. I don't have the answer yet. This is why I love when our discussions sometimes are, are open-ended, at least on my mind here, of uh, the, the pressure, the legacy, the pastor's kid uh, living up to what has is, is been done before you. Um, I, I really think it, 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 that's the past thing that comes down to kill the past to me is yeah is, 
he knows it's too much to live up to what's in his family, what his legacy is and what his potential could be. Uh, and I think that struggle is where I, I land most, where we, we see a lot where, you know, he was neglected a little bit by his father and his mother a little bit where she goes to lead the galaxy, his uncle, all the problems there. And those fuel the problems to me from, I keep going yeah. back to legacy. Yeah. I think legacy is a great way to think about it. And it's certainly where Kylo comes to by the last Jedi, where he wants to kill the past because it's haunting him. Right. Yeah. So that is obviously got to be a, a huge part of it. I was thinking about some of the things that we know from books, from what Kylo himself says in films that he feels like Han wasn't a good father. He directly says that in force awakens. Yeah. Uh, Leia blames herself for sending him away, that that maybe made him feel abandoned. We know from uh, the uh, uh, Bloodline novel that mm-hmm. they kept things to him about Vader. We know what went on with Luke. But all of, you tie that up with what you're talking about with mm-hmm. legacy of yeah. what if I can't live up to them? Mm-hmm. And what what's a child going to feel when they're really young? If, if I don't live up to my parents, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid they won't love me. Yeah. I'm afraid they'll reject me. Oh, my mom did reject me. She sent me away to my Uncle Luke. Oh, my Uncle Luke is afraid of me. He must not love me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here comes all of this this seed of a totally understandable, relatable, small human thing. Yeah. You get Snoke. Maybe you get Palpatine whispering in a mask. We don't know yet. Yeah. But we just talk about Snoke. You get somebody going like, oh, I'm going to find that small, relatable thing. It's not as direct and big as Anakin's. Right. I'm going to save my wife from dying. Yeah. But it's just as relatable of what if I fail and they don't love me? Mm-hmm. And Snoke just builds that and builds that and twists that. And I think knowingly brings him to a point of, yeah, Luke, your mother, your father, the rebellion, the Jedi, the New Republic, they're all garbage. Mm-hmm. So instead, make me the father yeah. figure you're trying to please. Make your grandfather the impossible goal to live mm-hmm. up to. So I think Snoke manipulated him really well. He's like, this doesn't actually address any of your core fears. Mm. So it keeps you malleable. Yeah. And you can be manipulated exactly the way he manipulates him in this comic of mm. you could never live up to Luke. Now can you live up to me and what I expect of you, what the dark side expects of you? Can you live up to Vader? Yeah. You know, and that's what Ray just straight up senses. Yeah. The fear that you will never be as powerful as Darth Vader. Can't do it. Yeah. And I think that's what's so great is we meet him there, Force Awakens, and then in Last Jedi, he's he's trying to wrestle with that, right? Yeah. He's trying to go, ah, screw Snoke, screw mm-hmm. everything. It's just me. But even in that, mm-hmm. what is it? He's reaching out to Ray yeah. to feel loved. Yeah. Which. Because yeah, he's also got to, to me, he's got to be afraid of, uh, of, being Kylo Ren, he makes that choice. To me, he makes that choice with the Snoke killing and everything. It's like, I'm going to be me. But even that's going to be like, but did they want me to be Luke too? Vader too? Like, yeah. that's rolling around his head too. And then, yeah, it all boils down to, I think that's a powerful last shot of Ray closing the door and him kind of like, I'm alone. It's not yeah. a, It's not an angry face to me. I don't I don't take it as that. No, it's just yeah. like, well, oh, okay, if I am truly alone yeah. and yeah. I don't have any mentor left, Mm. then who or what am I? My father's dice disappears. My new friend Ray (laughs) closes the door on me. Yeah. I just tried to kill my uncle, but he kicked my ass. (laughs) What, what am I? Who am I? What do I have? What do I want? You know? Yeah. And a a powerful reminder of, 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 
you got out underneath that yoke of your legacy or your fear, right? You did everything. Yeah. Oh. Great. Now you just have <laughs> rolling around in your power. Yeah, I still feel pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. I just, you yeah. just, now you can just lash out for the rest of your life. Yeah. Throw it, you know, amazing, yeah. powerful tantrum. <laughs> I tell you, this guy, I just love from the moment he takes his mask off. And I, I love him in the beginning of Force Awakens. But the moment that uh, Ray really challenges him, yeah. take, you know, your monster in a mask. Uh, he he just changes as a character for me, and I just love it so much. Yeah, yeah, and I I love you know having fun with him because there is these parallels to real life of uh, he, a Vader fanboy and a, mm-hmm. a wannabe in that, and I and, and it I think it is funny, but I think it's funny because it's connected to this deep truth of yeah, h- how does somebody growing up with this kind of legacy mm-hmm. live with it? Yeah, you know how could you not be a Luke fanboy or a Vader fanboy? Yeah, being of that line. Right. Yeah, that's it's mm. really interesting to me. And I think they do a good job in the comic, uh, like I said, kind of stoking yeah. all those legacy issues. And we're going to talk a little bit uh, more about how Snoke actually does that poke in. But let's talk about the mask, because I think there's that was one of the things that really lit up uh, the old Star Wars Twitter sphere. Uh, what do you, so uh, Smoke, Snoke basically tells him to leave the mask behind, mm-hmm. setting up the, uh, the continuing mockery of the mask in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. What do you think the mask is symbolizing for Kylo? Is it just the Vader worship cosplay? Is it, I feel like it was kind of being implied in the comic that he's, Snoke is afraid that he's using the mask to hide himself, Mm -hmm. to hide his lightness so that he can just put on the mask and pretend to be dark in the truth underneath. That's a great observation. I've never really heard it discussed. I'd love to dig into that more because we see it, Pretty easily from Kylo's point of view. Uh, Jennifer was the one who really, for me, was the first really laid down this, like, Han said take it off. Snoke says take it yes. off. Yes. I'm going to put it back on, which <laughs> makes sense why he might rebuild it. We don't know how or why or the context of him rebuilding it in 9, but it's not a retcon. It's the natural progression of that story. And even then, Ray, you know, you're a monster in a mess. Poe, what's the first thing? I can't hear you, you with that, that mask. You're right. Everyone, <laughs> Everyone gives him crap about that yeah. mask, right? And we love masks in Star Wars. It's definitely, it's one of the greatest designs in Star Wars. When that first emerged, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. we got some great. We love our Sith masks, our Banes, and our Malguses, yeah. and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I've never discussed it from the point of view of Snoke going, I can't see what you're doing there. Yeah. Take it off. Yeah, to, to be able to, yeah, see his his truth. It, you yeah. know, I think it just, it struck me, no pun intended, because Snoke actually does hit Kylo there, which we're going to talk <laughs> about as well, um, that it's in particular, it's when he's going to the mm. cave, right? Yeah. In that if, I feel like from, we, we've all talked about it from a Vader kind of cosplay mm-hmm. uh, perspective of like, I don't need this mask. Vader needed the mask. I don't right. have the actual scars that need to be covered up or right. or hidden, so I'm kind of just wearing it as cosplay. Yeah, but to me, it took on this depth that he was going to take it into the into the cave, right? Right. And that was like, is this mask actually helping Kylo mm. see himself? Because like we're, we're like that with humans. You put on a different jacket, you put on a suit or a 100%. dress, you feel different, right? And if that mask is literally helping him, you're like. If somebody can see my eyes, the lightness comes out. Yes. But if I put the mask on, I can contain it. I can hide it not only from the world, but I can hide it from myself. I can maybe even hide it from Mm -hmm. whatever powers the cave. And Snoke knows, like, no, I need you to not take that in with you. We know the cave is affected by what you choose to take in. And if he goes to the cave projecting, 
I'm a monster in a mask. Yeah. You know, I, uh, my humanity is gone. I'm a monster. Then yeah. the cave's going to give him a different reaction. And Snoke wants the cave to see that he's weak, to see, to see that he's fighting the light. And, yeah. And, and wants the cave to mess with him on that point. And well, we're going to talk a little bit about what he says about the cave, Snoke yeah. versus Yoda. But to go a little little ahead to that, the idea of of mask off, you are Ben more than you are Kylo, yeah. and we need to bury that. I need that to be exposed too. And then also going back to what your original point of maybe there's just some Snoke's like it's a bad connection with your helmet on. Take it off so yeah. I can really feel what's going <laughs> on. And even then, I can't read it well. I don't know. I just love the idea of just Snoke. Snoke uses it to to point out the truth. That's the truth. There's yeah. the truth there. Of, of take off that silly mask. But uh, uh, this is Snoke's comic. So yeah. Why does he want it? What's the reasons? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like okay. it is that he's that that it helped. It's helping Kylo hide mm-hmm. his truth from everybody. From yeah. Snoke from himself from the cave. Yeah. It's you know, it's a good pair from, of sunglasses from Ray from, from Poe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From oh, his yeah. father, it's helping him hide. And, and, and Lor Santeca is like, I don't need them. I know where you came from. And yeah. that doesn't sit well with him, too. Yeah. The mask didn't work for Lore, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, nope, nope. Uh, emphasize the Vader part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about that idea of, of mask is identity building, because we can kind of look at it and, and be critical about it. But I feel like in real life, mm-hmm. uh, it's a valid thing we do where we want to access or, or accentuate a different part of ourselves and it's partially what we're saying to the world but it's partially what we're saying to ourselves. if you make the choice to get a new article of clothing that makes you feel like you are projecting the human you want to be and you're accessing your kind of own confidence by putting it on how would you feel if you got like especially like something new like you know a, a new pair of jeans that's the new style that you feel good in but go back to those like junior high fears of like is somebody gonna point at me and laugh and go you're, that's not really you. Yeah, you're just borrowing that energy, and you're trying to falsely put it on yeah. yourself, right? In real life, that's like a fear, and that's something that would piss totally. you off and undermine you if you, especially if you had a mentor or a power figure, go like, uh-huh. "I know the truth of you, and you're not cool enough for those jeans." That would cut you to ribbons, right? I, I I've experienced that recently. Uh, you know, uh, as often as the case, sometimes you start a new relationship and that starts a new wardrobe, right? Yeah. Okay, that, that's sometimes the case. Let's be honest. And I uh, did bake the big, the big switch in, in shoes. I, I, I literally had a I want the darkest, blackest, void of any personality shoes because I just don't want people to look. I just how I base all my outfits on, and then I yeah. started doing the converse and um, other kind of things like that, right? And I remember walking into uh, the collector office the first day, and there's people there have known me sometimes 15 years, some yeah. of them, and I got laughed at. And they were like, what are you doing? Right. And it immediately caused me to shrivel up. And I had to refine the confidence in this. It is, it's not a new, new me, but it's a new look that changes my energy. Yeah. And absolutely has. And it works for me on stage and works for me and has helped uh, in my return stand-up. But I remember that moment. And it was, uh, take that silly mask off. <laughs> That's not you. Yeah. That's not you. It's pretty powerful stuff that we deal with. Yeah. That's why it's real, so realistic of Kylo. Yeah. And thinking about it, framing it from that perspective was the first time I was like, because I'm used to seeing it from, I'm rooting for Kylo to to mm-hmm. answer the call to light that's been sure. calling to him since we saw The Force Awakens. So it's easy to see the mask as like, yeah, that's a it's a projection. You're lying to yourself. You're trying to change right. yourself. But then you look at it from the perspective of like, 
he's trying to build who he wants to be. He's made mm. this choice. He, this is who he wants to be. Yeah. And then the kind of the cruelty of the whole world going, yeah, you're just a little baby with beautiful <laughs> hair underneath. It kind of gives you a different perspective, you yeah. know? Well, look at the, at the theater. Uh, all the early showings of Force Awakens, I saw. He yeah. takes that helmet off, but he's got that beautiful feathered hair. The yeah. audience laughed. Yeah. Unintentional comedy. Yeah. And I'm thinking... Maybe it was more intentional than we thought because people yeah. were supposed to be like, that's the bad guy. Yeah. And, and especially like, like yeah. He's, he's got the skills to back it up. Like he's yeah. got badass dark yeah. side force powers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had that experience with, you know, I had, uh, I've gone through that. Ex- I'm of the age where I had an article of clothing called jeans for a long time. And then <laughs> I saw all these jokes about dad jeans. I'm like, ha ha ha, yeah. what are those? I'll look them up. Oh, they're jeans. I see. <laughs> time changes things. Uh, and I eventually finally got... <laughs> You know, yeah. more modern genes, but I had that. Like, mm-hmm. am I gonna feel like I am not acknowledging the truth of I am the age I am? Yeah, yeah. But like, I actually just like the cut of them. Yeah, better, and they actually do just make me feel better. Like yeah. my dumb lightsaber photos at uh, Disneyland look better yeah. <laughs> because it's a, a sharper cut, to cut. The, like yeah. to the to the lines. It's yeah. more def- the the pose of you know. It's a great pose. having having an action stance while holding yeah. a lightsaber. Yeah. In dad jeans, doesn't look as is good as in more modern jeans that have a sleeker line. It's yeah. just like, yep. you know, and it's I, a real I, thing. I don't think uh, Kylo's making his choices based on good <laughs> photos at Disneyland. Uh, you know, but, he might be making it on how cool he looks in a lightsaber with a lightsaber. Hey, good similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's just yeah, it's, it's endlessly example. fascinating because there's yeah. so many different ideas of what how you can build your identity through what you choose to wear. Yeah. Uh, and the Kylo mask, I think, is going to be rich for a long time, and mm. so happy to know that there's another chapter. Yes, of you know, is it is it he shattered it, and now he reclaims it, and mm. now it now it looks like the truth. He is he is more messed up. He is actually physically scarred on his actual body, right. and now the mask reflects that, and now it's the truth, and he's earned the thing he was cosplaying, and nobody's going to point and laugh at it now because right, right. he's wearing the truth right on his face. It's glowing red scars even on his mask. Right. But, like, great, you accomplished what you wanted. You rejected the light, and it shows right on your helmet, right yeah. on your actual face. Right there. Great, what do you got? You're, you're a scarred monster. Congrats. <laughs> I'm- this is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So curious about the next and perhaps final chapter of The Mask because we've seen some shots of him fighting without it, right? And yeah. So it's like at what point? Is this early? Is this late? Is this, is he, I'm still, I'm good now, but I'm going to still wear this mask? Is it, is it a, is it a return to form? And I, I'm really focused on it. I yeah. really like it. Yeah. I like the, the, the story of The Mask. The story of The Mask will continue. Yeah. We're going to go back to the story of The Cave, though, which is also the story of The Mask uh, mm-hmm. in the whole history of this uh, cave. If you haven't read the comic, uh, Snoke takes uh, mm. Kylo to the dark side cave on Dagobah mm. and sends him in, uh, smacks him in the face with the Mustafar ring uh, when he tries to put on the, yeah. the, the, uh, the mask. Yeah. Which, let, let, let's take a pause on the Mustafar ring because you wanted to acknowledge how present it is in the comic. It's very present. And this ring, going back to the uh, was a visual encyclopedia that uh, Pablo put out, uh, Lucasfilm uh, put out, but he written by it, Pablo written Hidalgo. By Pablo yeah. Dago. Uh, it, it was one of our first little clues. Uh, or was it? Take it back. It was, it was The Last Jedi one, right? It's the Last Jedi one, yeah. Yes, it's this, not in the, the gold Force yeah. yeah, Correct. So it was this like ring with the Mustafar and the ashes of this and that, and it's very like, oh, that's a cool detail. I wonder if that will play into Oh, it doesn't play into the movie. Yeah. I guess it's just a detail like the slippers. But here it is again. It shows up. And that's got my head spinning because I've been preaching a lot, especially in the last year or two, but the last few months of don't look at all these little things as clues and connections to the movie that's coming out. Yeah. Don't look at it. It's just fun little details. And I still fall down on that, but I couldn't help but reading that comic and being like, okay, I see the videos of 
Palpatine is Snoke really reemerging <laughs> in my algorithms on YouTube, and yeah. I can see why with little things like that. Right, because he's got so it's from the dark side cave that is under yeah. Vader's castle on Mustafar. Right. So it is just great. It's a dark side artifact, but yeah, is that just evidence? More evidence that Snoke has been popping into the galaxies mm. we know it, the planets we know, like he does here in Dagobah. Is it? some connection to Palpatine or, you know, is he being a hypocrite and he's got a little Vader cosplay right on his finger Yeah, because <laughs> it's connected to Vader. It's an ancient dark side yeah. place, right? But it's connected to Vader's castle. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, so getting back to the cave, Yoda, of course, his famous line it, when Luke asks him what's in there, he says only what you take with you. And of course, Luke chooses to take his weapons and, and sees uh, the ramifications of violence. Mm. Uh, Snoke's answer to Kylo when he asks what's in there is, only what you've been too weak to bury. Hmm. So what do you feel like Kylo took into the cave and if it affected his vision the same way Luke's choice to bring in his weapons did his, in, in my estimation, mm-hmm. how, how did it affect the vision he has? I, I, th- I think it's, it's twofold to me where he took a little bit of love for his family into there. Yeah. And Snoke would want to bury that, but also just that bitterness and resentment and, and, and stuff we see w- with Luke, but it's a little bit, of, a little bit of both, but that to me makes the most sense of what Snoke's kind of like, kind of bury that. We need you to kill your family for, for me. Yeah. Uh, Cause this is obviously pre-Force Awakens, but uh, that's what I thought he took in there. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. To me, it was just sort of a directly tied to mm-hmm. uh, the mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is where I got some of those ideas. Like, if he had taken the mask in there, he could have l- maybe convinced himself enough and convinced the cave mm. that okay. the dark path is what he wanted to embrace. Yeah. But by Snoke forcing him to go in there, you know, without any of his sort of trappings of being a monster, yeah, that he goes in there with his light, mm. that powerful light. And uh, for people who haven't uh, read the comic and, and want the information, he, he first sees Luke and he... Luke says that he doesn't want to fight Kylo. Kylo fights him. Kylo takes Luke down. Uh, and then he gets the vision of his parents and he cannot bring himself yeah. to end his parents uh, yeah. in, in Trick Snoke, which we'll talk about a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like it affects his vision because the cave is, is like, oh, your challenge is, is can you snuff out your light? Oh, yeah. you can when it comes to Luke, but you're still struggling when it mm-hmm. comes to your mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you can't snuff it out yet. You, Not there, yeah. You brought in what you were too weak to bury, that call to the light, and uh, you totally failed, just like your uncle. <laughs> and and we know he's going to have some success later on and, and fail again with his, his, his mother. Yeah. But that's, yeah, it's like Snoke's kind of getting uh, almost like a little... Getting a blood test on where is uh, where we need to work on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> your cholesterol's low, and you don't want to kill your father. <laughs> yeah, I need you to take you to the psychoanalyst <laughs> yeah. and find out what I need to drive out of you. That's part of what I appreciate about this comic is it's got these rich things that create all these ideas, but it, it, it's not a ton of new canon. It's just yeah. diving deeper into some of these thematic Digging ideas. Digging in. Uh, so Kylo doesn't seem to struggle much with uh, killing Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think Kylo truly blames Luke? For his fall to the dark side. Yeah, and it's funny to hear you phrase it at, like that. Um, it's like, wow, gee, wouldn't you celebrate that there? Uh, yeah. He sent you on your true path. But yeah, because again, I maybe that's not what he really wanted to do deep down. And yeah. like, I could have been the greatest Jedi, but you failed me. I think it is. And if there's, 
you know, this, this redemption of Kylo is so much in the news and so many people have very strong opinions about it, I can assure you. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think this is potentially a, a part of that path to redemption of him coming to a realization of, we've all experienced, I experienced recently in some of my professional stuff, if I blamed, I blamed, I blamed, I got out of the situation, look back and go, oh, here's what I did wrong, here's where I could have done things better. Does Kylo ever, Ben, ever have that realization later on? Because I think right now, to answer your question directly, I take it as, oh, it's burning him. Luke Skywalker just, it's all his fault. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah, because he didn't, tell him the full truth he was he clearly oh, yeah. feared him right it gets to these abandonment issues of like i'm clearly the most powerful mm-hmm. you didn't want to train me you got convinced to train me and then when you did train me you were just constantly worried about me falling to the dark side and then we get to that vision and yeah. you know the stories in the last jedi and i think I, I don't know if ben truly sees it that way of just a the shot that we get of luke just you know quivering with anger igniting that blade to cut him down mm-hmm. Or if that's the way that that's the image that Ben has crafted in his mind mm-hmm. of that moment, because that's what has to be true. Yeah, you know, I get that. I get yeah. this idea of uh, love. This idea of Snoke having him on the precipice, right? However, Snoke's been getting to him. We yeah. know in canon, Luke, at least Luke's perspective, he says yeah. Snoke had already turned his soul, and yeah. this is if Kylo's fighting the light side, and he he he's just waiting to be pushed over the edge, and this is the moment it was pushing over his head over mm-hmm. the edge. I can see him going like, well, what is I was supposed to do? I was trying to decide my path. And then my uncle tried to kill me because he's afraid of me. Yeah. So I, I didn't make this choice. What was, I, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. If I didn't take him out, if I didn't kill or, or turn the rest of the students, they would have killed me. I was yeah. fighting for my life. The light side's a lie. They're killers. What other path did they leave me? Right, it just creates that yep. one moment. That's why Luke is so upset. That one moment one of... Should I take action and save the future, or should I let it let let it go and, and yep. deal with it as it falls? That one half second of can I stop every all this horror from happening yep. allows Ben Kylo to just blame him for everything. I didn't make the choice. You pushed me off the cliff. It's so fun to hear that because it's like if if you want Luke to be a hero in that moment, he's doing what you would think a hero. I'm going to stop a galaxy of evil, right? And people hold <laughs> that's a different conversation. Well, no, but it, I mean it's it, it is a rich one because you go back yeah. to like, well, why wouldn't the Jedi heroes? Why wouldn't yeah. they go rescue all the slaves? Why wouldn't they take action? Yeah. Why wouldn't they do this? Why wouldn't they be proactive? And like that's the danger of being proactive. Yeah, you make the wrong move to stop evil. I know yeah. it's complicated because it's your nephew and all that, but Luke reaches into him and he sees. Yeah, Han dying. He sees unknown slaughter and horror that we don't know. Yeah. You know, he you sees Hosnian Prime cataclysm. Yeah. You know, he yeah, sees it's, the death of everything he loves. It's it's that moment of of I'm I'm supposed to be the hero of the galaxy, and this is a oh wait, what is a hero? Like that's that's a different conversation, yeah. but it springs out of this and their relationship and and how it affected Kylo. Yeah. So I, I just love that it was like, no, this is, I have ambiguity about my mother and father. Yeah. But no ambiguity about Luke. Taking him. And I, and I think that also supports Luke's like, uh, I can't reach him. Yeah. Because I'm the one he truly blames mm-hmm. in this really crystallized moment. Yeah. You know? Uh, all right. So uh, he- heading down toward the end of our Kylo conversation. So we still have some Snoke time. So we see Snoke the f- both physically and emotionally abuse Kylo in the comic. Which shouldn't be a surprise to people in no. Star Wars lore. We know that's the part of the dark, uh, dark side training. 
and we've we've seen that in lots of different ways of different things Palpatine has done. But it's pretty visceral to see him. His mm-hmm. training is literally dropping him over spikes, yeah. and he has to save himself or he's going to die. Literally slapping him, you know, in the face mm-hmm. over the mask and and cutting him with the Mustafar ring, uh, and then obviously the emotional abuse of that is pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Does seeing in Snoke's comic seeing mm-hmm. Ben Solo as a a, a victim mm-hmm. of physical and emotional abuse? Does it make you feel softer toward Ben Kylo? Does it make you feel different about uh, redemption when you see him as a victim? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm somewhat on the, it just makes some sort of sense to have his redemption play out. Any pushback I have against it is just the idea of like, wow, wouldn't it be interesting if they just, if what Luke said, Luke said two things, no one's ever really gone, but also I couldn't turn him and Leia's like, he's gone. Uh, what if they just kind of honored that and kind of kept going? But the idea of, of Ben coming back makes sense to me, and these are the type of moments. He, the, the, the Snoke is Snoke is bad, even if he's Palpatine 2.0. I, you know, Snoke is bad and does make <laughs> me see what this young young guy at this point did. I, I don't know the exact canon timeline point. I, I don't get hung up on those exact dates too yeah. much anymore. Um, you know, mid-20s, uh, it seems to be accurate because he's, he's supposed to be around 30 in Force Awakens, yeah. I think, right? So, so mid to late, yeah. Yeah, he's this young guy with all this, having a little bit of a quarter-life crisis, and this is what's <laughs> happening to him. Um, that's why That's why I think that's such a great moment of him killing Snoke. You're like, he did it! Oh, he, uh, for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. So it makes, I'm ready for the redemption. Yeah. It, it, it's It's okay to me. Yeah. And this is part of the reason why. Yeah, I don't. To me, it, it, I liked seeing it in this comic to be connected back to you know we're we're choice the choices we make. Mm-hmm. He's been manipulated in ways that we don't entirely know, yeah. uh, but have been inferred in the books and all that. He's got these family issues that we can see, uh, but then to see Snoke being like, "No, we're really torturing you, really drilling into all your insecurities and right. and torturing you." Uh, Make, makes me really concentrate on that. Like, But he has this powerful call to the light. Deep mm. down, he knows the right thing to do, but he wants to prove himself to Snoke. Gets that place in Last Jedi. I was like, eh, mm. you know what? Yeah. I'm done trying. You, yeah. If deep down, going through my love, if deep down what I want is this acceptance, yeah. gets just a taste of it from Ray, of, it, of actually being accepted and loved, and really realizes... Uh, no matter what I ever do for Snoke, that's the game of the dark side. It will never be enough. So you know what? You, you're getting cut in half, old screw man. It. Yeah. Screw it. Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> uh, which still leaves him on this great path of like, yeah. that decision is understandable, but what's mm-hmm. keeping you at the dark side? What do you have there Yeah, that you want? And it, I think that, it makes me see him as a fully rounded person, which yeah. is why I'm like, yeah, it, obviously it was one of the most shocking and painful moments in a theater to see. Mm-hmm. Han Solo murdered by his own son. So I get like why afterwards everybody's like, no way. No. But uh, the way this character has been presented, he's a super fully rounded human who has gone through trauma and yeah. has made poor choices, partially of his own volition. Yeah. Partially because of that trauma. When yeah. he gets out of the shadow of that trauma a little bit, what choice is he going to make? Yeah. And there still, should still be scars to the, if he comes back, you know, you know, you did some things, but it's so weird. People get really bogged down in this resume of bad that him and Vader have done. Right. Yeah. And 
I think I think you can get really lost in that argument of, well, Vader killed millions and did this and this. They both did hor- horrible, horrendous things. They're both murderers. But they're both popular characters yeah. <laughs> um, over the course of, of decades of fandom. And there's lessons in their redemption. And that's the simple point. <laughs> yeah. George Lucas wasn't worried about, well, he did kill Thor's uh, Bandim and uh, Jedi Padawan. He's like, no, that was part of him killing in his mind, killing his past and doing horrible things, but he still, you still have the choice to make it right or do make the right choice. You still have it. Yeah. And it's a powerful point. point that George was trying to make. And if that's the echo here, the poetry here, uh, you know, I think I just, th- I just see people get so caught up in this little s- stats on the back of an evil card. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Kylo had 17 kills last year. Like, don't worry about that. L- worry about the morality of the tale of this morality tale. Yeah. And it is so much about how we tell stories and receive them because yeah. it's quite clear mm-hmm. in the movie. And then, uh, in Canon in a new hope, yeah. Vader tortures his own daughter. <laughs> yes. Uh, not to mention, uh, the whole, uh, not great fathering when he cuts his son's hand <laughs> off and uh, tries to manipulate yeah, him. The like, the but there's that like, but we saw it on the screen. Yeah. We yeah. saw, we, we yelled no at the screen and you still did it. So, uh, uh-uh. uh, uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah it's, it's fascinating about, uh, a, is it, is it the acts or is it about how we've received them emotionally as an audience? Yeah. Cause it's on screen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm all for, uh, a bendemption. My only concern is, that it's a a tale well told, yeah, and uh, doesn't fall into too much of a repetition yeah. nostalgia trap yeah. with with Vader, which I have a lot of hopes. So that's a, our look at Kylo. Now we're going to look at Snoke a bit. So uh, uh, obviously, Snoke time. How are you feeling about this idea? Now that we've got a comic, <laughs> a Snoke comic. How are you feeling about the idea that we don't know enough about Snoke in the movies? That that criticism that. Who's yeah. this guy? We got to know. That's one of the flaws of Force Awakens. Why is he here? Yeah. H- how hungry are you for Snoke content? What kind of Snoke content do you need? All that stuff. I do need a lot more than we have, and and, and, and well, needs a strong word, right? I, I want, I want more. Uh, I definitely don't watch these movies uh, needing a Wikipedia entry. I, I think it's also fun. I, I have a lot of thoughts, and and I, I think a lot of fans out there too. My, not, not to lecture, please don't take it that way, but of. We go back to the example, a lot of people count, well, we didn't know Palpatine. We didn't know Palpatine. It's like, yeah, we didn't. But man, I spent a lot of time wondering. Yeah. And how fun is that? And we don't have those answers. And I do want to see, just, I want to see some of the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Of the First Order and all the race flow. Hi, who are you? I'm Bob Snoke. Can I join your team? <laughs> like, I do want that. But also, the this this is why this episode, this issue of the comic really is interesting because it, it's a little bit more of Snoke just saying, oh, I, I respect Luke and I fear him. Yeah. As you should do, because he is pretty cool and yeah. knows of Yoda and all those kind of things. We're going to talk about that. But yeah, I do want more. Yeah. Okay. But in, in your, are you still in the camp that it was okay to not get a ton of background information about him in Force Awakens or Last Jedi? Or do you feel that there should have been at least uh, nods to what the story might be? I am really fine with where we're at with it, including Last Jedi. I understand the quest for more in this modern age of fandom. Again, everyone throws back the the the, the Emperor thing. He's mentioned by Tarkin mentions him, and that's it. You know, yeah. um, I'm fine with that too. I didn't. I don't need it again. Checklists and people get held uh, held up on that kind of stuff. 
The state of the galaxy is not explained as, as well as I would have liked in The Force Awakens. Yeah. And we learned that. We, I think, are in a good spot. But I saw someone tweet me recently. I... Why did why does the New Republic not help Leia? Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't. Oh, you didn't see when they were destroyed and their army, their navy was destroyed. And here's the six years before. What? Okay, that's fair because you're not reading bloodlines or not everyone's yeah. doing that. So yes, we got that. The state of the galaxy is not as explained. But I'm at the end of the day, I don't. What else are you gonna do? What Leia said, Leia's aware of them. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you I know think, when Snoke came by for that meeting, and we <laughs> I don't when the New that. Republic, you know, allowed yeah. the First Order to operate in this sector, but mm-hmm. didn't think, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's it for me. Is I, I think it is total tip of the iceberg. Okay, we know that Leia and Han were aware of him. Yeah. Luke is convinced that Snoke had already, you know, turned his soul somehow. Yeah, uh, and like, and obviously he runs the First Order, took it from somebody or yeah. built it himself. Like to me, that's all tip of the iceberg. And then the just question is, since it's Star Wars storytelling. When is that iceberg going to come? Yeah. <laughs> What's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, the, the stuff that I'm really interested in, is I want to get to know his philosophy more. Because he clearly knows about Sith stuff. He knew, yeah. clearly knows about Jedi stuff. But does he consider himself a part of some tradition? Yeah. You know, and, and how does he see the dark side different than Palpatine? Or, mm-hmm. or does he not see it different? Does he just think Palpatine made some wrong moves yeah. on the chessboard? All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh and the scars. I'm really interested in the scars. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm interested in this figure of, like, I'm still massively powerful in the Force, but honestly, a stiff wind in one of my face wounds, uh, I'm going to get <laughs> infected and die, you know? And I like, need these guards around me. Yeah, that yeah. physical weakness combined with that, yeah. you know? And is, is it the dark side itself that rotted him? Mm-hmm. That's got some of the more arcane yeah. force side of it I'm, I'm really interested in as totally. well. Uh, so you just mentioned this line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Snoke says, uh, Luke Skywalker has earned my respect in my fear. Uh, in response to Kylo just calling Luke weak. And then Snoke also says, if I had your uncle by my side instead of you, the galaxy would have been mine a long time ago. This to me is like an obvious manipulation of like, yeah. remember how you were afraid that you'd never live up to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you still haven't, and you're not living mm-hmm. up to what I expect of you. I'm like this, It's just so... <laughs> It's so cruel. It's so passive. Yeah, it's yeah, he's very <laughs> passive aggressive. Like, come on, it's the dark side, not the passive aggressive side. Not uh, the little whispered comments at a tea party, you yeah. asshole. Yeah. Um do you so do you interpret both of those which are both praise for Luke Skywalker? Mm-hmm. Do you think those are true from Snoke's perspective? Or are they just manipulations? Of Kylo. I, I think it can be both. Uh, what you said, we're, I would love to dig into that on in the second quote. The first one, I take it as face value uh, as well as some deeper meaning. But yeah, the, I mean, we see, you know, in Last Jedi, at some, I guess you could say he's dismissive at times. Skywalker, I assume. But you, like, but there, we know Snoke has a real deep fear of Luke. It's the engine of the first two movies. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Uh, he is afraid for a reason. That's And that's why a lot of people were like, well, did they fight before? Is that where he got the scars? Everything yeah. and that still might be the case. Um, but I, I do take it as truth, but also, um, you know, it's a, it's a lesson for Kylo, too, of, you know, if you underestimate your enemy, he's going to destroy you. He's going to kill you. Yeah. So don't do that. It's a little bit less. And as far as the second quote, it's meaty. And again, I know there's a lot of videos now. Well, he's, this clearly means with the ring and this, he's Palpatine. And I can understand that. I just, I don't think that's the case. Mm. Um, I, I might put some money down on the table for it, but I don't. Uh, in, in the end, think it's the case because of what you just said. I think it, first of all, if you're just looking for, 
canon facts. You got 30 years or so to play with. Yeah. What's to say he couldn't have met Luke uh, and Lor Santeca traveling the galaxy yeah. five years uh, after Jedi, Return of the Jedi, and been like, hey, you want to take over things? No, okay. Um, why does it have to be during the Galactic Civil War? Yeah. Uh, why does it have to be Palpatine? Uh, uh, it could just be that. And then, and then two, what you just said, it's really interesting. That's a great... Y- yeah, you know, you're not as good as you think anyways. Yeah. You need my help. You need my help. Yeah. You need me. It's my truth, but it, from Snoke's perspective, yeah. like, he, he does earn my fear. I don't see fear as a bad thing, I because yeah. that's part of this comic, too. It's like, I see yeah. it as a, a way to access your power, so I, I'm yeah. not afraid to say... It's the first thing he says in this comic. I, are you afraid? Yeah, and yeah. I, in, in Snoke's perspective is, like, you get the sense that Palpatine knows fear is a path to manipulate other people to the dark right, side, right. but then maybe Palpatine wouldn't ever go like, I'm afraid. Like, yeah. no, I mean, his overconfidence is his weakness, right? Yeah. That's the truth that bears out. Yeah. You know? And it's, they, it's like, Maul, you can't step to me. I'm not scared of you. I'll squash you like yeah. a bug. Luke Skywalker. I'll, like, he is afraid of Luke Skywalker. He foresees yes. that he can beat him. Yeah. But he doesn't, but he doesn't acknowledge it to other people he's like yeah he's he thinks everything's going his way and snoke is different of yeah. like the i know i'm uh, i'm real yeah. afraid and uh, and i'm fine mm-hmm. saying that it's almost like i'm fine embracing that it's almost like some of these famous movie lines have themes attached to them <laughs> uh yeah yeah i think i uh, palpatine's uh, concerned that vader's felt something about his son that he hasn't and yeah. he should be right so yeah what an interesting if if you if you hung out with Palpatine in the break room and you heard what he did wrong at the Sith at the Sith factory, and you're like, "Oh, he was he never admitted that he was afraid of things, even though he used that fear to get to a path to power." Yeah. Um, at some point, Palpatine Sheev was afraid because that's the pathway, right? In my mind, the way I'm interpreting it, yeah. I don't think he woke up and was like, "Yeah, let me rule the galaxy." Uh, there was something there. They, we're digging deep into Palpatine. So I love your idea here of Snoke going, "Oh no, embrace it." Because yeah. that's going to make you more powerful. Because I'm powerful. Because I'm afraid of Luke, and I yeah. must destroy him. Yeah, and it, yeah, and uh, I'm angry at myself for being yeah. afraid, which uh, circles back on itself and only increases yeah. the the darkness and the power. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely seems like these are Snoke's truth, but then just really said in the the way mm. to hurt and oh. motivate Kylo the most, right? I mean, if I had if I had Luke Skywalker, I would have won everything. I don't. I guess I got you. I just have to settle for a lesser Skywalker, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, and some and, BS yeah. solo blood. And in what's Kylo? What's uh, Kylo then going to do? He, I must destroy this memory of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I must destroy this. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I, I think I do get really excited about the earn my respect and my fear because I mm. can I can see it is he's just been watching from afar and like. Damn, Skywalker yeah. did in surprising ways the power of the light side turn yeah. Vader and destroy Palpatine. Yeah. Could just be absolutely that. Could just be I sense his utter mastery in the Force. He just has a, a He's good you know, on tapped yeah. abilities can do things like the the massive Force projection. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also does open up the like. Did Luke? Is there some moment that we don't know about in canon yet? We know that right. Luke travels the galaxy trying to learn more and more mm-hmm. about the force and rebuild things. But is there some massive event where Luke yeah. truly uses his power? Mm-hmm. Because th- there's, there's something interesting there to me because Luke, obviously his whole arc as a Jedi is struggling with pacifism is struggling yeah. with when to act and when not to act. Right. And if Luke's whole path in life since return of the Jedi, since throwing that saber aside was eh, for the most part, I never raised my blade. 
I almost feel like Snoke would go like that. Snoke would accurately predict what Luke does. Right. That he that he anyway. says no. I'm never going to raise my blade again, mm. and mm. basically take himself off the board. But Snoke is really afraid that Luke is going to take action. That he is going to rebuild the Jedi Order, even after Snoke got Kylo yeah. to take that one down. Yeah, he's afraid that Luke's out there somewhere training a hundred Jedi to <laughs> kick Snoke's old wrinkly yeah. scarred ass. Right, so he's afraid of Luke Skywalker taking action, which makes yeah. me think: Is there room for mm. not you know a Yusan Vong like story like yeah. that? We don't know that there was an invasion and Luke, Luke did, didn't yeah. want to. He gave them every opportunity, yeah. and then he, yeah. what some fans want. Kicked their asses. Yeah. The grisk like, or whatever now. Yeah. Yeah. Did he stand in front of yeah. an army with yeah. nothing but a laser sword and wipe them out in his Snoke afraid of that? He'll do it again. Yeah. That side of Luke Skywalker coming back. Uh, yeah, I would. Lo- I, I'm, I'm, I would love to see that, or know that in some way. I, I think because I think it all factors in. It could be all of it. All of it focused to this big moment proves what Snoke feared. Yeah. 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 That'd be great. Yeah. Very interesting theory of him just being yeah. Palpatine all along, but I, I think I'm more engaged with him as a, another dark side user. Yeah. Observing this from afar and then getting involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we see Snoke yeah. be, uh, Snoke's been manipulating Kylo this whole comic book, but then we see Kylo turn the tables and manipulate Snoke in the dark side cave. So uh, again, if you mm-hmm. haven't read the comic and want this information, uh, much like Yoda outside sensing what's happening with Luke, Snoke mm-hmm. is sensing what's happening with Kylo. Kylo sees a vision of Han and Leia and then releases all this anger and slashes and cuts and destroys. And Snoke feels that, the mm-hmm. anger and the destruction. And then we cut back to the cave and we realize that Snoke, or that Kylo is unleashing his anger on the cave itself and not the image of yeah. his mother and father. So it's this great thing that is this where Kylo learns, oh, he can sense my feelings, he can sense my motivations, but he can't sense my deepest truth. Yeah. Because it mirrors Snoke's fall mm-hmm. in the throne room. He can sense Kylo's intentions and motivations, but not his truest yeah. self, not his truest motivations, I guess. Yeah. Um, so what... Did you did you enjoy that it, being connected to the Last Jedi? Was it too on the nose? How did you receive it? So it? it is very on on the nose. And so first viewing was like, oh, I get it. And I'm saying that cynically. Just yeah. okay, I see. But we always encourage here at Force Center, take another look. Take a little deeper look. Yeah. Go back and read it again for two seconds on your little comicsology account. Um I'm playing it. So Last Jedi we see. So uh, yeah, the idea of here, prior to Force Awakens, Kylo, Ben, whatever, Kylo knows. Oh, he, okay. I can hide things from him. He's, like, in some way or another, I can do this. But then, by Force Awakens, you get a sense that Snoke's really kind of like, I know you, kid. Yeah, he even has a, like, Supreme uh-huh. Leader senses it, right? Yes. And so maybe Kylo isn't sure. That thing in the cave, maybe it was an outlier. Maybe it was just a one-time thing. Yeah. And then it adds power to the moment, Last Jedi, of, like, oh, no, I'm going to do this again. And well, there you go. He can't. He, he can't sense what's going on, and this is endgame for him. And that way it works for me. Right. Uh, uh, because then it, then it might be, it's a fun nod, it's, but it's on the nose. But then if you lay it down on the track and read the story, uh, The Force Awakens, I encourage people to go back and really take a look at, because much like we're joking about Jedi, Return of the Jedi and Empire, and Obi-Wan, you can't win, but there are alternatives to fighting. 
that's a big thesis statement for Star Wars. Yeah. And that could be missed as just, oh, a classic line that Obi-Wan said in the movie I loved oh, as a kid. It's hugely important. Force Awakens has a lot of those moments. Yeah. And so, yeah, Supreme Leader senses it. I can't do anything that without him knowing. Yeah, he senses this specific yeah. weakness, and I can't I, quite crush the light. Yeah. And he's always on me about it, I and I can't I live could. up to him. I thought I could. And then he learns he can. Yeah. That adds some power to that. Both sequences. Yeah. Yeah, which is, yeah, I, I like it that it is sort of ironic because it's not him it's not him crushing the mm -hmm. the light you know no. it's not him fighting the light it's yeah. just him Im fully embracing the dark side and yeah. going nah you're dead old man yeah i'm done with you and, uh, when he uh, kills him in last jedi kills him last jedi and i wonder too uh it, it, like you, you just maybe think of so so if he's if he's that's the light side thing snoke is tuned into but he no one expects the spanish inquisition and <laughs> no one expected Snoke did not expect me to kill him, and clearly we know that plays out, but, like, you know what I mean, where, like, Snoke's He didn't expect me to be this powerful or manipulative yeah. or to have learned his lesson so well. To go to the dark side, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's a, They're not technically Sith, but it's, like, a very Sith thing, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm training you to try to kill me. Ah, oh, damn, you killed me. Like, <laughs> How did that happen? So I wonder if Snoke's got his little blood test of Kylo going, I'm monitoring for light side activity. I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it. Okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. Oh, the light side's dead. Like did that? It was that Snoke's undoing. Just didn't see the big picture. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. But I, so now, now this moment in the comic becomes even more interesting. Yeah, and then it, it, to me, it ties to like, well, Kylo knows that Ray saw something in their mm. shared visions, right? And is that feeling his his ability to to pull this off of like, mm. oh, I can I can defeat him. She saw it in right. her vision, right? Yeah. So mm. I yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I actually really liked it because I, I think it uh, it really connects as great uh, connective tissue to that moment in Last mm -hmm. Jedi, and specifically that line, Supreme Leader Snoke sees it, and the whole game becomes, right. how can I hide right. my truth uh, from, from Snoke? And then cut him in half and mm -hmm. leave that ring on his finger. Uh, so then in the comic... This uh, Kylo's attack, letting out his rage, which Snoke feels, uh, but he letting it out on the cave instead of his uh, parents, destroys the famous dark side cave, cave of evil from mm. Empire Strikes Back. Mm. That felt big. How, big. How, did, how did it feel to you? Felt really big and almost too big for the pages of a comic. No disrespect to the comics and the creators and anything. And I'm not saying I'm up, uh, unhappy with it, but I remember I, in turning to that 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 panel, went, huh? <laughs> so there goes that cave, <laughs> and a lot of people aren't going to know, you know? Right. And uh, it's not a bad thing. It's just a it's a thing though. Yeah. It gives me some pause. Yeah. As a longtime fan, but eh. I think there's that part of me of just like I've lived with that cave forever, and here's just a comic book where. It's got. I mean, it's, it's never been real. Yeah, can't visit it. <laughs> Disneyland hasn't built it yet. Yeah. Uh, but there is still that that shock. <clears throat> excuse me to to seeing it go, uh, and, and I feel like there's uh, there's certainly power to it that mm. Kylo can totally wipe it out. Mm -hmm. So I kind of liked that it happened, but yeah. there there was a little bit of a meta energy to this one. It had a lot of language of you know. Yeah. Kill, kill the past as well. It seems like some of those Did, where yeah. some of these ideas are starting to take hold for Kylo. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. but it was weird to see this canon comic that we're all super excited about because Snoke, 
Yeah. And it doesn't really, it tells us a little bit about Snoke. We can infer some things. Yeah. But in most, for the most part, it's diving down into these deep issues of who they are and their relationship and themes. And this is the one moment that was, that's a big thing to change in Star Wars canon. Yeah. The evil tree on Dagobah is yeah. gone. And it's like, oh, they did it. They killed the past. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, don't, past, don't, don't kill the evil tree. That yeah. don't kill, but like, but that's also what we want, right? We yeah. don't want too much nostalgia. Yeah. We want to have the storytellers be brave enough to change things, right? And not everything in Star Wars is constant. Yeah. That tree is gone. It's gone. Well, I guess we got to let it go. Yeah. We have to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Take your Kenner Dagobah play sets and, and put them on the shelves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's, it's weird. It's, it's, um, I wonder if a newer fan, a younger generation fan, or again, just someone new uh, of any age who's, who's there, if that cave doesn't have as, doesn't have 40 years of it's around and I yeah. have a Kenner toy of it. If, if this moment is different for them or not. Yeah. But it's a powerful moment within the story of Kylo. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I just, yeah, I had a little bit of like, Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Those I, iguanas I, yeah. get out of there. They're like those snakes <laughs> in there. I don't think so. Yeah. It's a exactly. powerful a force explosion, but I did like it from the perspective of Kylo is, is learning. Maybe this is the way to go yeah. uh, instead of facing it. Just destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so rest in peace, Dark Side <laughs> Cave. So uh, another big thing I think people are excited about is uh, how does Snoke know about Dagobah? Yeah. How does Snoke know about the tree? Uh, how or why does he not comment on Yoda? They both comment on feeling Luke's mm-hmm. presence from his training there. Is that just because they're obsessed with Skywalker? Did does he, Is Yoda really good at hiding his sort of mm-hmm. light side force signature? So it... Right. Obviously, part of Dagobah is it, it is a Force-sensitive planet. There's so much teeming life, and and, yeah. and healthy life going through a natural cycle is emanating the light the, side, at least partially. I'm trying to get to the exact what he says here as he talks, but uh, it's a great question, because it, it also um, messes with my head a little bit of what maybe old established legends was, or canon there of... Air of the Empire, because there's some stuff there on Dagobah that's no longer yeah. true. So sometimes my, my brain clouds my uh, thought. But um, i obs- obsessed with the idea that uh, Yoda was in the shadows and no one really knew. Because even if this is Palpatine, let's just say this yeah. idea of this is Palpatine reborn in a gold robe. Um, the idea of, uh, you know, he's obviously aware of Yoda, but thought he was dead, but never felt him. But then Yoda's name starts popping up a little bit in some of the comics, right? That yeah. is on a list of possibly alive. Um, the, how would you know? How would he know Dagobah? Like, did Luke say this at any point? Was this a published interview on the Hollow Net? <laughs> you know, oh, I was. Uh, how did you become a Jedi? Eh, I spent a couple of weeks uh, on, a, on Dagobah. Yeah, I just. Did he sense it when the force? This raises some question, great a questions. Slug slinger at, uh, <laughs> at well, the that's, that's an interesting that's a, that's a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's also it's a, one of the great little touches of the original trilogy that yeah. Vader and Palpatine, with all their like, especially Vader, like I have foreseen everything. They don't seem to be aware of Yoda at yeah. all. That just yeah. that Obi Wan's teaching was so good that. Luke just continues to grow and grow so, in power and no, no Yoda. Yeah. So just for my own, yeah, he, there's not even, I don't even consider it a reference to Yoda in a, in a veiled sense. Like, yeah, you know, he says one of the most formidable Jedi began his training here. 
from Sunk's point of view, that could have meant he showed up here to meditate. And yeah, went into the cave. Yeah, so it could be that he's acknowledging Yoda. Yeah, uh, that yeah he thinks Luke is beginning his training there. Uh, it, it could. I feel like he's referencing Luke, but you could go crazy with it and say this is where Yoda began his training to you know right. become one with the Force. Uh, so right, go that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he's talking about Skywalker, and it might just mm. be that he's keeping the topic on it, and it might be just like yeah. the, it would have been too like. And Yoda lived here too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> would not have been the greatest uh, writing <laughs> in the world. Uh, Rick Lee just pops up in the corner. You know, Yoda lived here too. Yeah, whole <laughs> planets, one big swamp. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that Yoda just is sort of like, yeah, yeah. No, my yeah. you, my energy is disguised yeah. amongst the just yeah. the the glow of life on Dagobah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do also like the idea since we know that Snoke had this cool power to bridge other people's minds mm-hmm. that I wonder if he is just hanging out in the unknown regions and mm-hmm. just bridging minds, bridging minds and basically like turning people into sort of unknowing spies or if he can mm-hmm. not bridge minds, but like, can he project himself into Rick O'Lee and Rick O'Lee's just like, I'm in a bad mood and I don't <laughs> know why, but, uh, but Snoke has seen everything. Yeah. Yeah. Through other people's eyes. Like, are there more, is that how he seems to kind of just know everything that, that happened? That's really interesting. Number one, I'm, I'm watching too much of the silly show Ghost Adventures on Travel Channel. <laughs> and when they go to demon houses, that happens a lot, right? Um, I like that idea that you're talking about. Because there is, in, in the limited things we have on Snow, we get a sense of, ah, oh, he watched it from afar. That comes up a few times, right? Yeah. He watched the Empire fall. He watched the mistakes. He's aware of that stuff. So yeah, if there's some kind of that's his skill set uh, on his uh, resume of of uh, what I can do, yeah, I can I can connect. Maybe he's watching through Janus Grijatus. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe he's seeing it up close, and they don't. He doesn't really know Palpatine, you know. Or, yeah. Or again, maybe he is Palpatine, which isn't at this point a super crazy theory at all. It's just I don't think it's the case, but. Um, that clone went really really yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Palpatine made a clone of himself, and it, it wanted gold. <laughs> um, but even that's a deep cut to the Palpatine and Snoke theories. Uh, you know, that was part of the original maybe design for the Emperor and his lair and a gold robe. Oh, deep, deep, okay. deep, deep wow. Macquarie concept con- cuts. Wow. Um, so it's there. With any good theory, you can dig and find what you want. Interesting. Um, well, maybe we'll do a deep dive on yeah. that one. Yeah. Anyways, I'm taking this off the track here, but um, I like that idea, sir. Yeah. That he is, uh, what are the, what are the Lord of the Rings, uh, magic balls? The planet? The, you, the, you know, you uh, know yeah. the balls much better than I do. I always say, I've, wa- I've watched those movies every year, the, 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 the Jackson trilogy, and I could not win a trivia contest <laughs> because I just watch it differently than I do Star just Wars. Just watch the story. I just watch yeah. the story. Yeah. You know, which, uh, yeah. which work f- yeah. for third from the left. What's that? Uh, what's that's orcs name? Gandalf, the pinball wizard thing. <laughs> He's got that. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to start wrapping up our conversation here. Any other things from the comic that jumped out to you that you wanted to talk about? Any Snoke perspective? Any Kylo perspective? Uh, just that, I, I, what we diving down a little bit, we talked about in terms of Snoke, and this being a Snoke comment, uh, com, comic and a comment on Snoke, um, you know, the final stuff he's talking about, more apprentices, which is something that we've heard before. And so that he has other apprentices, yeah. yeah. So not not a surprise there, but just that the way he even dangles that over Kylo. And, and I love where it ends of Snoke kind of, 
feeling he's getting what he wants. Yeah. And his fear is still there, but now maybe he's got a bit of overconfidence, and I like that. I like yeah. that ending. I think it's great. It, it, to me, it just makes so much sense of, like, I can control you, as Han says mm-hmm. is happening. He's just using you, and then he'll crush you. Of If I create myself as the father figure he wants approval from, yeah. then I will keep him going in the direction I want, doing the things that I need him yeah. to do for me. And uh, even even when he does something like destroy the tree, like, impressive. Not enough. Not enough. You know, you're no, still not no, my only no, apprentice. No. Like, that's the most amazing thing you could have done. I didn't even foresee it. I didn't know you were that powerful. Not good enough. <laughs> that's a powerful manipulation. Uh, this is kind of for fun, but we could also take it dark places. If, when it was still around... We entered the dark cave. What would we take with us? What would you take into the dark cave? Either <sighs> literally, physically, like Luke with his weapons, or spiritually, like Kylo mm. with his lightness? Yeah, I never thought, I didn't think of it in terms of weapons, what I would take. Uh, if I have <laughs> weapons, if I have the lightsaber on my hilt and someone says, oh, it's a cave of evil, uh, I don't need your weapons. Yeah. They're staying on. I'll make that mistake. <laughs> I will make that mistake. Yeah, pepper spray. Uh, oh, like the handcuffs. Old security guard. Yeah, I'll take it all in with me here. Um, but what I'd find in there is a very um, successful uh, version of me, not in terms of accomplishments and money, but just someone who is free to try and not afraid to failure fail at different ideas uh in, in their career yeah. it would just be like me on stage going this is great and i'd be afraid of that and try to strike it down <laughs> and and i must conquer the, the undermine that. yourself yeah uh, you would pepper spray yourself on stage yeah the, the battle would be to resist <laughs> doing that and just yeah. letting that person the one who lives without fear of of trying and fear of failure uh, let that person live yeah that's what i'd find yeah I would definitely not take any weapons in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would try to, I would try to wear uh, my nice pants that I like. <laughs> so I feel good about myself. I'm going to look good. But not uh, not trying to put yeah. on any, try to go like, okay, Cave, um, I'm being open. Yeah. I'm being like, uh, I, I think I would try to think through my own fears first mm. and figure mm. out like, what what mm. is the, what do I think is the most buried yeah. that it's going to show me so I can try mm. to be ready for it? You know, yeah. and it's almost like yeah. going like the first <laughs> counseling session. This is my deepest fear right away. I want you to know. <laughs> so let's just get it out of the way. Gonna, I'm acknowledging I'll it. The, I'll think the fears. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. I would uh, wear uh, nice jeans yeah. and uh, basically just have my fears laid out on tray going, <laughs> what, what do you, you want to talk about to try? And I think <laughs> I think that's what's so great about this yeah. mythos. I think I would still be surprised. I think it would still yeah. show me an angle mm-hmm. of, well, here's an actual ramification of your life. Yeah. That you, that that's because of your fear that you haven't fully processed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I we got pretty deep there. Um, <laughs> but at least you got nice pants on. I, like I got that. nice but, pants. A good way to confi- confront your fears is to be very aware and own your fears. So you're not doing bad. Right. You're not doing right. wrong in that cave. Cause Yoda goes to the cave. We should yeah. probably acknowledge there in Clone Wars. And he, he sees the future, yeah. the future that he is not going to be able to stop. And maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe I see mm. what's the next really crappy part of my life. You can't control that. Yeah. And like maybe you can control it. Mm. Maybe you can't. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yep. Deep stuff in the cave. But I enjoy my pants. <laughs> enjoy your pants in the cave while you can before <laughs> Kylo 
destroys it. That's the lesson of this main topic. Yes. That was our look at, uh, we talked for a good time about a comic that takes you three minutes to read. Yeah. But a lot more to talk about than three minutes. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, it's been a long while since a Star Wars comic, and I know the Charles Soul Vader stuff was in that uh, category, but a long time where a a comic uh, in this new modern age got people talking across the board. Yeah. Uh, Some of the Charles Soul stuff got got us talking, um, but uh, uh, this felt across the fandom, across the internet, and that's exciting. Yeah, really fun that it's a, you know, four or five dollar one shot, and yep. everybody can dive in and dive back out. Absolutely, indeed, that is true, all that, and we're going to dive to our audience questions right now. This like this one from Michael Gibbons. Hey, Four Center, hey, Michael. Do you think we'll see the sequel storyline expanded with a live-action Disney Plus show? Would be fun to see, but I'm not sure I see any of the main cast returning for one. Love this show. Yeah, this comes up a lot. It's a great yeah. question of with Disney Plus changing the game and what we can get. A lot of people do want the story to go forward. We hear this a lot, books and comics. Yeah. I think we've talked before about eh, maybe there's a timeline to it that you don't want to go, you yeah. know. This five-year, I don't think they're going to make a Daisy and Oscar Isaac aren't going to come back inside five years. So play around in that area. But in terms of TV show, you could do it without them. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think this is I think Star Wars is uh, charting its own path and getting farther from anybody trying to make it the mm-hmm. MCU because they're very different things. Yeah. But I think also it might be hard for a company like Disney to look at the MCU model with Disney Plus of like, look, mm. we off we get to offshoot all of these characters yeah. and things we don't have room for in movies. So I think maybe it would be like, uh, yeah, do we want a Sedonathano Quagold Quagold show? You know, or do we want a Mazkanada rebuilding right. castle? And we, we got uh, some stories to tell there. Yeah. I think it's possible to tell something in that era for a Disney Plus show going forward from nine. But I, I agree uh, with Michael that I don't think it's uh, it would be it's, it would be really tempting to go like yeah. ah, Finn goes off and Finn and Janet go off and have adventures. Yeah. Why can't we just do that now? Right. But I think there's also something about Star Wars that's like, let it rest, because mm-hmm. the way this the way this story naturally works. We might want to catch up with Finn 20 years from now. Mm. We yeah. might not want to box ourselves in. We want yeah. to, might want the end of nine to be the end of nine until the literal next generation of actual physical humans yeah. <laughs> is born. Yeah. And we tell the story again 15, 20, 10 years from now. Look, we, we've lived through this, you know, we thought 83 was the last time. We thought yeah. 05 was the last time. And now yeah. we're back. And now there's more of a, well, we don't, we know we, there doesn't have to be a last time. But there's some, there's a great reward in, in the wait and getting what you just said. 10, 15 years, episode 10 comes back around and learning what happened there. Uh, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But the side stories, uh, you know, if, if the resistance wins, do they rebuild and how they rebuild? Yeah. I definitely, like like Michael says, it'd be fun. And I think you could do it without the main cast. And I'm saying like the big three or four. Yeah. But, you know, it would feel a little... Because it, it, it would be, ironically enough, if it it would be like when you tuned into episode seven, if you're one of the folks that were like, who, who who's Ray and Poe? No, no, I want Han and Luke and Leia. That's all I want. Yeah. You might feel a little bit weird about it. Yeah. Or after the Aftermath novels where we, you know, I think right. Wendig had to write... <clears throat> Uh, with a little bit of his arms around his back on, like he couldn't deal as much with the characters we knew in this time period. In the time period. Yeah. Um, but it's possible. Yeah. 
Maybe we get the adventures of Snap and Cato Connicks. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Christopher Lamb has this one here. Considering JJ complimented Ryan's edition of Rose, as do I, do you think he'll give her any character development in what looks to be an already busy movie? What role would you like to see her have that doesn't take up too much time but also doesn't hide her? This is a great question because mm-hmm. Rose Tico and Kelly Marie Tran in this promotional cycle for Rise of Skywalker are, are not as present as as you would think. J.J. did pay that big compliment yeah. to her at, at Celebration. We've seen some shots of her. When, when the trailers come out, I'm sure we'll see some more. Um, yeah. We haven't seen any leaked figures of her and her new tool belt <laughs> or something like that. But it's, I think it's important to a lot of people and us included of, of hey, what are you going to do with Rose that she's there? Yeah. Uh, have we, we haven't really talked about it yet. No, no. This, uh, you know, I just thought of it this way. I think maybe structurally, mm-hmm. I think she might be the Lando mm. of this movie, even when you think of kind of how Lando's role plays out in Return of the Jedi. Mm. He's clearly connected to the main gang. He's separated from the main gang, and he's given his own respect and glory, yeah. right, in taking down and leading right. the, the fleet. And I don't mean literally she's going to be a pilot. I just mean filling that sort of story function. Mm. I think we're going to lean into because it's it's in the books. It's it's in Last Jedi, but she's a tech genius. Yeah. You know, she's the one who figures out the stealth. It's she's mm-hmm. the, the reason that the right. First Order can't see the shuttles at first. Right, they have to be told they're there by DJ. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that she, I, there's a part of me that feels like she's going to be supporting them from afar on the mission. Yeah, this main mission that you're talking about. I also think it's interesting that we have not seen R two at all, and I wonder if is there. A side mission that Rose and R2 are doing something important. Right. I continue to have this suspicion that this movie's really going to give each of the heroes their moment to shine. Right. So I think she's going to do some strategic kick-ass thing. Maybe it's tech. Maybe it's a mission with R2. Maybe it's a little bit more getting into her themes. Maybe we're really diving into she is the heart of the resistance of I was just a kid on a planet. Mm. And the First Order came and destroyed it. Right. And unless we push back, they'll destroy everything. And is she really there is the symbol of that, of the, yeah. I'm the small person who had to stand up because I was given no other option. Right. Or is it, you know, does she come in and save something that everybody loves? Is she the one who's just like, I'm saving people. Yeah. I'm not destroying, I'm, I'm saving. Like a lot of different ways that you could take it. Mm. I don't think she's going to have a ton of screen time, but I think yep. it's going to be structured well to honor her yep. and have a good cheer moment, Rose Tico kicked ass in some way. I think that makes a lot of sense. I love this idea of her as a de facto uh, poster child for the resistance of, yeah, no, here's why and here's how and, yeah. and what you can bring. And I am just a worker bee, right, allegedly. And you can be one too in this great cause. But also we know she's got some special skills. Um, I really buy into this idea that, yeah, every hero, including R2, could have this moment. It's very interesting. We haven't seen R2. Yeah. You can't tell me that he's not going to be there. I know they will. Yeah. I'll uh, put him there. Though J.J. put him to sleep the first movie. So um, <laughs> I think some there. It's a great question. We haven't seen a lot of this yet. And, and yeah, Chris, Christopher, you're right. It is a really busy movie already. Yeah. We, we can just tell. And I don't mean that it's a bad way, but, you know, there's going to be a lot going on. Yeah. Because we haven't even talked about Knights of Ren. And, yeah, and, oh my God. Uh, Let me ask you a quick yeah. Rose question from your perspective. Yeah. Do you feel like she doesn't have a romantic relationship with Finn? Or do you feel like some of the talk that, where he said, like, yeah, he's a bachelor. He's a, do you feel like mm-hmm. J.J. went away from the possibility of a romantic relationship? Or do you feel like it's smoke and mirrors and maybe a part of her relationship is... Uh, her story is is this relationship with Finn? I think it it it... it 
Yeah, I guess it, it depends on how much you want to read into just Boyega and all the press so far. Just joking that he's, he's you know, uh, joking single around. and yeah. ready to mingle, I think is what he said. Um, so that there could be a little bit of, I don't want to say like a love triangle between Rose and, and, and Jana, right? So the yeah. name. I don't necessarily think that has to happen or needs to happen. It could happen, though, and maybe she learns her identity. She doesn't need Finn and something bigger. I don't know. Or maybe what does he learn? Maybe maybe we have our, you know, a big Star Wars breakup. I don't know. Or <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah, did they date and it didn't work out? Yeah, maybe it's speed, too, and we're like, oh, you don't start a relationship in a war. You yeah. know, don't do that. Uh, that's why Keanu's not here. So, um, yeah, I, I, but I, it would be odd if it wasn't addressed. Yeah. It would be really odd if there was... Uh, we kissed one time. That was it. Like, what? No, this is, this is clear. This is the thing. So, yeah. But yeah, again, I, I guess I just keep going back to taking Boyega a little bit of face value of what he's yeah. setting us up for. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. From Patreon, we got Joshua Thorne. And he writes, uh, who was Anakin a better father to? C-3PO, Luke, or Leia? Um, I, I think I have an answer. What do you have? Yeah. It, it's counterintuitive maybe, but I'm going with Luke. Okay. Uh, so C-3PO, he yeah. immediately abandons callously. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure, what is it? I'll make sure mom doesn't uh, just, get, you know, sell you. Uh, yeah, I can't, I'm paraphrasing that. The great, great line. like, bye. bye. Um, and then when he does connect with 3PO again, he immediately basically says like, uh, Padme, you can have him. <laughs> 3PO doesn't become a big part of his adventures. That's R2. R2's his buddy. Yeah, yeah. 3PO's busy getting Jogan fruit and, and crap like that. <laughs> Um, but I think Luke, I mean, this is a very funny question, but you know, Luke is the one who gets to have, it's yeah. dark, it's twisted, it's, it's upsetting. Luke gets to have a little bit of a relationship with him. Yeah. Luke is the one he obsesses on. He yeah. doesn't even know Leia exists until his final moments, you know? Yeah. But you know, Luke, Luke gets a, a couple of Mm. quality he moments uh, with his yeah. father. We'll say it that way. Yeah, good talk on Endor. Yeah, yeah absolutely. How about you? Were you where, where were you going? Uh, well, you know, uh, the, following the, the prequels uh, in the early, uh, uh, you know, days after it, 06, 07 range, I would say, you know, the prequels are just the story of a young boy chasing his droid. <laughs> uh, or, excuse me, the original trilogy, not the prequels, excuse yeah. me, that the original trilogy turns out is just the story of a young boy chasing his droid, and then Vader really wanted to reconnect with 3PO. Um... But not so much the case. Uh, I, so I was going to say, we haven't seen the glory days <laughs> of him and 3PO. He, he, you know, continued his, because he didn't build them from scratch, uh, right? He got them from somewhere else. Yeah, and he reconstructed, reconstructed them. Reconstructed them, right? He just didn't put those coverings and all on him. But we didn't see the glory days, but he did leave them really bad. Yeah. And just almost didn't seem to care when he saw him again. That's no. really bad. Yeah, barely. He's like, oh, 3PO? Yeah. All right, yeah. So... Now I'm imagining him uh, yeah. coming coming to in, at the end of Revenge of the Sith <laughs> and saying, where is 3PO? Is he all right? <laughs> it turns out in your anger, you gave him to bail and Um <laughs> So Luke's the answer. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. I okay. mean, he didn't have time to be a father to Leia. He, he, didn't. he wanted to be supportive of his son. Yeah. You're really good. You want to come work with me in the business? Yeah, absolutely. He's trying to promote him. I got a spot for you. Yeah. Vader and son's plumbing. 401k Here you go. and everything. Let's do it. <laughs> Just got to get rid of the boss. Uh, so a great question, Joshua there. Final one from the day comes from Eric Tassoni. Uh, hello, Force Center crew. First off, thank you for all the great work you do. No, thank you for support, Eric. And uh, we've met you at some live events and we, we love talking to you. After the Battle of Geonosis, 
Texas, do you think Anakin tried to locate his broken lightsaber and salvage any of the components for his next lightsaber, particularly the kyber crystal? Personally, I like to picture one-armed Anakin rummaging <laughs> through Geonosis, lost and found, trying to find both pieces of his lightsaber. Hashtag speculate responsibly. Fun question here. Yeah, back in the day, remember, you know, you lose your lightsaber. It's not good. Obi-Wan wouldn't be happy, but here you go. Yeah. And, you know, we'll just build another. Kyber crystals, the gathering, all those things are kind of new concepts here. So it feeds a little bit into this fun answer, but where do you have Anakin going? Yeah, uh, it's a very funny uh, question and a very funny image of Anakin rummaging around. Yeah, Attack of the Clones seems to be this weird movie where briefly George Lucas is like, yeah, lightsabers. Yeah. He's got that great line from Obi-Wan of the, this weapon is your life, and yeah. you know Obi-Wan's going to kill me. But then, yeah, they do just seem like, yeah. hey, here's a couple extra lightsabers, yeah. guys. We got some more. Um, yeah, I really like that it's a new kyber crystal. Mm-hmm. I would love to have that story told. I got things rattling in my, mm-hmm. around my head for headcanon or the kind of story I'd like to see told. I feel like that 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 saber, his final saber, has become... So elevated to be the hero's blade that Anakin right. touched, that Luke mm. touched, that is what is what Ray offers again and again, and then it be, finally it decides, no, I will keep it myself, and it's going to continue in nine, right? right, right, in some maybe you know modified form. Mm. That that's a juicy story to tell of yeah. what what does Anakin go through. Does he find it out in Ilum? Does he go back? Is it a different experience in the gathering? Is it involved in how he got his scar? Is it involved in how he got promoted yeah. to Jedi Knight? Because there are a bunch of interesting things in Anakin canon mm-hmm. that uh, uh, you know were addressed in some ways in comics in that original Clone Wars, but aren't yeah. there. And I would love to, to see those juicy stories of how did that significant blade begin. I, yeah, I think there's... Uh I think there's room to tell those stories now and these little one shots and this and that. Hey, it's a Disney Plus documentary. Uh, no, but I think there's there's room to go back and play around with what George did or did not do and, yeah. and have some fun. We see later on with Vader, he's got a, you know, Palpatine's like, you got to go take a blade or take a crystal, and, and that's pretty powerful. But, yeah, between those two, because it still falls under, like, you know, I guess you just go to the Jedi uh, lightsaber store. Like you're on Galaxy's Edge, but I want more than that. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think that. that they would make the the yeah. chosen one. I think they made the chosen one go through something, something, right? Yeah. And he clearly had more of a bond with that lightsaber, yeah, uh, than the other one. Than the other, one. yeah. Oh, that yeah, that's an excellent point too. I wasn't feeling the grip on the yeah. first one. There. I think that's a chatty kyber crystal. I mean, that's that's <laughs> it's Colin Ray. It's yeah. Always crying out. Agenda. That yeah. Kyber Crystal has opinions, and I want to know its story. <laughs> it's a Twitter account. Follow it. Uh, thank you, Eric, Joshua, Christopher, and Michael for your questions. Uh, if you have a question for us, you can reach out on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use hashtag Force Center and join us, uh, join this conversation too. You can like us on Facebook. We have a website, ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.Net. Uh, we have new merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. Tweet us your merch picks and we'll reshare them. Podcast is available on, here it is. So a lot of plot spots. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, a Stitcher, uh, TuneIn. We also got Radio Public, Overcast, Breaker. And here's the deal. As we tweeted out this past week, uh, we have switched our hosting site from Podomatic, where the show is still available right now, to Anchor. But it won't be available on Podomatic for uh, in a short amount of time. And iHeartRadio until we get back on it. We are on Anchor. You can go there. Uh, leave us messages. A lot more with that coming. Um, uh, but that also means it, you, to most of you, you didn't feel this. The switch happened, or maybe there were some delays in the episode last week. 
Uh, stick with us. Uh, we'll let you know where it is. But also, uh, it also means it's open on a lot more places, too. So that's what's going on with that. Uh, but you can always find us on Patreon. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, another thing to, to say about this transition is uh, we do ads through Anchor. That yes. makes that possible. Uh, so we still really, really love and need support mm-hmm. on Patreon. Uh, the ads are great, but as always, since we're freelancers doing a lot of things, uh, basically the more, uh, financial support we can get for four center, the more energy we can yeah. continue to put into it. So, uh, you will hear ads from, uh, now on the anchor site, but yeah. that does not mean that we don't, uh, Want, need, appreciate <laughs> support yeah. on Patreon, particularly if you have, you know, I know there's a, there are a lot of different things asking for your um, a monthly there's contribution. A yes. You got two bucks, you know, it gets you into the Discord uh, yeah. community that, that we've grown up there, gets you a fun bonus episode every month. So if you're interested, mm-hmm. check it out. And if not, please just continue to listen and enjoy. But if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash force center. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Some of the best way to help us too is just share the word on the show too. And a lot of you do that as well as support so that's that so uh we want to also support uh, promote our personal projects you just said we are a busy cat working on a lot of things and joseph what do you got coming up uh yeah so i have my new comedy album i put out called joseph scrimshaw verse versus time for this week uh i am running a discount on bandcamp where my albums live it's just bandcamp.com you can go there and search for me and if you put in the code are you okay joseph which is a thing from this recent album, uh, and also what the Dark Side Cave would ask me. Yeah. Uh, if you put in that code, you get 20% off all of my different albums that are up there. Uh, you can get to all that, like I said, by going to bandcamp.com and just searching for Joseph Scrimshot or going to my, web- my website at josephscrimshot.com. And you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshot. That's wonderful. Good stuff. Check it out. Support Joseph and all his things. All right. All right. Me, you can go to kenapsack.com, get information on uh, the book, Why We Love Star Wars, other shows. I have my uh, baseball column. If you're a baseball fan, yeah, the season's wrapping up. We're getting the postseason, but I just started this column for Flag Sports. Check it out. I'll be writing it uh, hopefully all through the offseason and into next season. Um, that's this whole side of my life, too. Love me some baseball and uh, comedy coming up uh, with Mark Ellis and now Josh McCuga confirmed in Washington. Washington, D.C. at the Comedy Loft, November November 16th. Go to markelloslive.net, not com anymore, .net for more information. That is it for this week. For Snoke and Kylo, we hope you work things out. You guys seem to be all right, actually. (laughs) Snoke, you're right. We'll see you next week on First. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.